It, it's proper Christmas starts today. Uh, we've been kind of half-heartedly dipping our toe into the Christmassy frozen waters over the past week. But today, Christmas starts today for many reasons. The first reason is, in about uh, 20 minutes' time, we're playing the Crystal. Santa Claus is coming to town. So that, that heralds the start of Christmas. It's my boy's first Christmas show at his nursery today. He's a flower. Wonderful. We're recording, Jonathan Vernon Smith and myself are recording our Boxing Day special today. And I've got to go and buy some wrapping paper from the 99p shop to wrap his presents. Also, from his aforementioned 99p shop. It is proper Christmas today. Dear listener, I say to you, Merry Christmas. Lots coming up on the show today. Including... Some dog owners have given up their pets because... These are their reasons. He didn't match the sofa. Or... He wasn't as cute as when we first got him. Why have you had to give up a pet? Using mobile phones while crossing roads should be stigmatised in the same way as drink driving to cut dangerous behaviour by by pedestrians. When did you last see someone distracted by their mobile phone? You'll see it everywhere. They'll be checking their emails while they're walking down the street. You have to move out of their way. And would you like to see standing areas return to all levels of English football? It's something that Watford is considering. Lots of ways to get in touch this morning. If you go to the Facebook page, shortly, if it's not there already, there will be a new photograph of my new beard. Oh, that's what the internet was made for. That's when Tim Berners-Lee was busy pounding away in his shed on his keyboard trying to come up with the WWW. This is what he had in mind. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send us a text... 81333, start your text to me, Or give us a call, 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The mobile phone thing is an interesting one because I, 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 I've been guilty of it and I've sort of stopped doing it. But that thing when people are walking down the street, looking at their phone, look where you're, look where you're going. I don't mind you talking on the phone while you're walking down the street. That's fine, that's acceptable. But don't look. I saw something the other day. This is like the, the, the 19th century version of doing this. Someone walking along the street, reading a book. Huh? How do you do that? Anyway, we'll talk about that more. And, and we are talking about uh, abandoned dogs. And um, I think the world is split into to, to three c- kinds of people. Those who like the dogs, those who like the cats, those who like neither. Let's forget the neithers. We're not interested in those losers. They have no soul. Okay. Talking to, we're going to be discussing about why you abandon pets and, and 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 all of that. But I do want to just have a little poll: dogs versus cats. Who's the best? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You'll all have your reasons. Dogs versus cats. We're talking about this because there is a serious issue. Of course, some dog owners have given up their pets because, and these are real reasons. Yeah, he didn't match the sofa, or he wasn't as cute as when we first got him. The animal welfare charity Dogs Trust said more than 16,000 dogs have been cared for at its 18 UK centres in the past 12 months. It's launched its festive campaign, A Dog is for Life, not just for Christmas, to drive home the message that potential owners should carefully consider what is involved before getting a pet. Anna Hind is from Luton and works for a charity called the Cinnamon Trust. Morning, Anna. Good morning. What is the Cinnamon Trust? Right, Ian. The Cinnamon Trust is a charity which, um, it, it's a two-pronged, really. It, it exists to support people um, and their companion animals, usually dogs or cats, but uh, could, could be other creatures as well. 
Um, anyone who is very elderly or chronically ill, uh, who has uh, a companion animal, uh, but is no longer in a position to be able to cope with all the things that that animal needs. So if it's an old lady with a dog and she can't get out and walk it, you might yep. take it out for a walk, for example. Absolutely, yeah. Wonderful. We do, we do dog walking, we, we visit people in their own homes, uh, give any support that's necessary, really. And why so do... Somebody well, can hang on to their companion. Well, I was going to say, why do you think so many people give up their pets... Oh, gosh. I couldn't do it. I, let me put my cards on the table no. now. I have a cat, and I've had this cat. She's going to be 14 in March. I've had her for 12 years. Yeah. And uh, she has been through thick and thin with me, and she is a member of the family. Absolutely. My wife and I, about four years ago, we talked about moving to Japan for a year. The reason we didn't do it is because I couldn't give the cat to someone else. Mm. That Seriously, mm. that's how important she is to me. So I don't know how people can give up a member of the family. No. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of people don't uh, don't think about their animals in that way. You do. I do. I've got four dogs and four cats. Excuse me? Um, <laughs> You've got four, what? Four dogs and four cats. In your house? In my house. How on yes. earth do you... Anna? Uh, most of them are actually in my bed as we speak. Oh, Anna, I'm, no! Dog, I'm talk, talking on the phone to Dog's you. in bed? How, how, many, how many are in your bed right now? Well, I've got an old English sheepdog curled up next to me. I've got an elderly basset also curled up <laughs> next to me. There's um, a nine-month-old kitten tucked in next to the old English sheepdog. Um, and the others are, are all around somewhere quite quite close. Oh, OK. Uh, you know, they're, they're my friends. And you couldn't get rid of them, could you? goodness sake, no, I wouldn't. But you hear reasons like, we, we, I, we're talking about this, uh, we were laughing about this because some of the reasons are so ridiculous. Uh, people complaining that their dog wouldn't fetch a ball, so they took it back. Or oh, it didn't it didn't match the sofa. That's insane, isn't it? I mean, that's, that, that's just crazy. That's, uh, you know, taking on any creature is a responsibility and, uh, you know, one that uh, one you've got to stick with and, and if your relationship with a companion animal is is good then uh, you know you want to stick with it it shouldn't cross your mind to be deficit in an animal just because it's inconvenient what do you get because there are people who don't have pets i know it's insane and they don't understand what people get from pets and what do you get from your your cats and your dogs oh um a huge amount of love and companionship um, I'm, uh, I'm widowed now, and, uh, in fact, I've had a couple of very, um, close bereavements in, in recent years. I'm sorry to hear that. And my, my animals were a lifeline yeah. then, you know, they're, they're something to, something to carry on for, some, someone who's there when you come home, um, they're just, they're just part of my life and and they give such a lot back uh, a rescued animal in particular my most recent rescue is actually um from greyhound rescue i've got a a young greyhound girl who was uh, had suffered some dreadful abuse mm. and, uh, came to me in a terrible state and she 
you know, now she feels safe yeah. and long. She just gives so much back. There are people, Anna, who I know will be kind of smirking behind their hands when you say that, but I know exactly what you mean. At my bleakest, darkest moment, my cat was there for me, and it sounds ridiculous, yes. but no, no, I, had to, I, I had to get up and look after my cat and feed the cat. That was always, and she would mm. come and keep me company. Anna, thank you so much for being honest and sharing that with us, and if people want to get in touch with the Cinnamon Trust, have you got a website or something? Uh, yes, there is a website. Give it a plug. And, uh, there's uh, there's also a number which I don't have actually with me at this moment. If you give us the I website, and we'll put it, we'll put it all the details on our Facebook page. Um, uh, the website address. Uh, well, if you just type in Cinnamon Trust, it'll um, pop up. I'm sure it, it will. It will come up. Anna, Anna Hine from the Cinnamon Trust. We will find the details for that. We'll put it on the Facebook page. Thank you. Right, a couple of things. Have you had to give up your pets? Why? 08459 455 555. Perhaps more importantly, do you sleep with your pets? I sleep with my cat. Steady on. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you sleep with your pets? Steady. 08459 455 555. If you're in bed now with your pets, give us a call. Describe the scene. And on the more serious side of this, have you had to get rid of a pet? Why? I couldn't do it. Seriously, we were going to move to Japan for six months a year and see what happened. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get rid of my cat. So we didn't. Maybe not the best decision in my life, but we stuck with it. 08459 455 555. Do feel free. Go to the Facebook page. It's great because you're posting on there and you're arguing with each other. I love it. Play nice, boys and girls, but do go facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. Have a little argument on there. Cats feed dogs. Why did you get rid of your pets? And who's sleeping with their pets now? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Christmas. Oh, I've got shivers down my spine. Christmas has started. We got some good music this morning. There was a little argument. There's a little argument with the production team over whether we were going to play Barbara Streisand, Woman in Love. We will be. And Ronan Keating booted off the list, replaced by Mama Cass. Oh, it's going to be good. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Would you like to see standing areas return to all levels of English football? Well, it could be a step closer. The Football Supporters Federation is hoping to win the backing of MPs for its plans for a small-scale trial at a number of league clubs, including Watford. It believes the pilot scheme would show standing outlawed after the Hillsborough disaster in 1989 is now a safe way to watch football. Peter Dakin is the safe standing coordinator from the Football Supporters Federation. Morning, Peter. Morning, Ian. You had a meeting at Westminster this week. How much support did you get? Uh, we did, yes. We, we, we went to Westminster and we, we took with us, uh, we being the fans organisation, the Football Supporters Federation, and we, we took with us some safety, safety experts, we took uh, high-ranking police officers, uh, we took obviously some MPs and we, we met a few others, uh, and, uh, and various people associated with the game, and we had a, a full and frank debate about the merits of standing. It's, uh, it's not a simple subject, as you can imagine. It's uh, obviously imbued with a lot of emotion after the events of, of Hillsborough in sort of 1980. 89. Uh, but it's something that hasn't gone away in the 23 years since that event, uh, and it's something that, that still goes on to this day. You know, Lord Justice Taylor said, uh, said in his report that 
fans would get used to sitting but obviously anybody who goes to football in the Championship or the Premier League and I'm sure many Watford fans will relate to this uh, knows that people stand in their thousands so so there's huge support there for standing and the difference now is that it used to be just amongst the fans but now we've got people like uh, Aston Villa and uh, Peterborough United who were there with us this week in Westminster who themselves want standing and you know the chief executives there have supported this campaign uh, and other football clubs now are coming out and supporting us as well and, uh, and Watford I think is one of the clubs that uh, whilst they're not necessarily saying that they definitely want to support standing they're certainly interested in having a look at a trial how how would it differ because obviously Hillsborough was, was the, the, the big turning point when, when standing w- was outlawed what makes it safer now yeah obviously that, that's the key question it's, it's a great question uh well, you know, so many things are different now from, from 1989, and, and standing at football's, you know, no different to that. Obviously, uh, you know, there are huge advances in technology that make standing a completely different proposition to, to how they were in 1989. And one of the things that we had at Westminster this week was a display of something called rail seating, which is something that's used quite extensively throughout Europe and uh, mainly in Germany. Uh, and it's a, it's a particular form of technology that allows a rail every two seats, uh, and it means that the sort of uh, forward movement that you used to get in the old surging baying terraces is, is really something that can't happen. Uh, and what it also does is it provides a, a flip-down seat that remains locked in the standing configuration. Uh, but it means that if, uh, if clubs ever uh, go on a ridiculous run and find themselves in Europe and find themselves subject to the, uh, the rules of the Champions League, which requires an all-seated stadium, it means that, that they can change it from the standing configuration to the seated configuration. Uh, they have to reduce the number of people that can go in, uh, but it means that they comply then as an all-seated stadium. So it's, it's flexible, it's safe, uh, and it really is a, a completely different proposition. I think added to that, you've also got the fact that uh, you know policing and stewarding is completely different mm. to what it was 23 years ago. And you know, with any sort of technology that allows people to, to go into a stand, uh, it's only as good as the way that it's managed. Uh, and in a world where we, we can follow somebody through a city centre on a CCTV camera and read the writing on their pin badge, uh, the police were arguing this week, or some of the police were arguing this week at Westminster, uh, that they feel that they're more than capable of, of keeping order in a, in a standing area. Now, obviously, the, the point that they were making is, that said, we just don't know. And, and the reason we need a trial is because actually in top flight and, and second flight football in England and Wales, uh, we don't really know how people are going to react and, and policing is part of that. And so if we, if we start small and have a look at it and measure it and take an evidence-based approach, we can see whether or not actually this is something that's appropriate for the 21st century. I, I'm assuming, uh, Peter, that there are people connected with uh, the Hillsborough disaster who oppose the idea. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, Hillsborough is such an emotive subject. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think anybody who supports uh, a football team, any football team, um, would ever, you know, dream that people who are who were touched by that, friends and families, uh, would, you know, throw their lot behind behind standing. I think if you look at the evidence and if you try and detach yourself from the emotions of the argument, uh, Lord Justice Taylor in his report in 1990, in January 1990, he didn't actually say that standing was unsafe. He blamed a lot of things, including the, uh, you know, the crumbling terraces, the lack of investment 
various other things at the time, the way that football fans were treated then. Uh, if you look at the Hillsborough Independent panel, whose results came out a couple of months ago, they, they slung mud in a lot of other directions. They blamed uh, corrupt and poor policing. They blamed you know lack of due process, no safety certificate, all of these things. But again, categorically, they did not say standing per se was, was an issue. Uh, and when we discussed in Westminster today, I think that the feeling amongst you know the, the majority of people talking about it was that you know whilst it may never be appropriate for Anfield or mm. Hillsborough to have standing in, uh, there certainly isn't any reason anymore to legislate against it. And really, you know, clubs should have the choice. And if if a club like Watford uh, decided that this was something that would work for them, would increase their revenue, would allow a different group of fans to get in because the prices could be made a bit lower without them losing any money. Uh, or, or anything else, that they should be then free to do that simply because there isn't a safety argument. Peter, finally, how much hope do you have of, of getting government approval for this? Well, the campaign's been going 23 years, and uh, it was a very successful event this week, but uh, there's nobody sort of saying that we'll be doing this tomorrow. Uh, I think this is a, a long, hard slog, but I think th- the game completely changed when, when clubs got involved, when the... the, the Chief Executive of Aston Villa came on board and said, do you know what, this is something that we really should be looking at now. Uh, that changed the whole tenor of the debate. And I'm really confident that the, the case for standing, the, the business case, the safety case, the demand for it is there. And I think the thing that makes it likely to happen, not, not tomorrow, not next season, but within the next few years, is the fact that fans just simply you know, have continued to stand. And at the minute, they're doing so in seated areas. It's causing all sorts of problems by people standing in front of people who maybe don't want to stand or themselves can't can't stand uh, and really if you look at all the arguments on face value and if you take an evidence-based approach we think it's a really interesting idea and I think that people are slowly coming around to that. Peter, lovely to talk to you Peter Dakin, safe standing coordinator from the Football Suppo- Supporters Federation. Uh, you, listen, you, if you've been listening to the show regularly you will know, never been to a football match, it's going to happen, Dealey's going to take me in the new year. If you are a regular football goer, how do you feel about that? Well, you do hear people say, well, you know, we should bring back standing. It's, it's, it's not fair that we have to sit down. What do you think? Would you support standing in football matches? Or do you think, on the back of Hillsborough, we shouldn't even be considering it? Uh, 08459 455 555. Interested to get your views on this? You can educate me this morning, please. For those who are wondering how the beard is going, there is a slightly blurry but still uh, the representative photograph on Facebook and on Twitter at BBC3CR. You can have a little look. I think I'm looking rather fine and dandy. Yes, a little bit like a geography teacher, but, but there's nothing wrong with that. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Lots for you to get involved with this morning. Uh, Including, I want to have your thoughts on standing at games. Should we bring it back or do you think it's a no-no? Uh, do you sleep in bed with your pets, and why have you had to get rid of your pets? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Other things coming up in the next thirty minutes. It's controversial, but we're going to be talking fracking. Mm, yes, it could help you have lower energy bills. And the Lister Hospital in Stevenage has announced a massive forty-one million pound investment this morning. We'll reveal what the money is being spent on and how you'll benefit. We'll talk about that in about fifteen minutes' time. Now, fracking. It's something to do with gaming, yes, I know that. It's also used uh, in Battlestar Galactica, but it's got a more serious side to it as well. Your house is probably freezing right now, and you won't put on your heating because you're worried about expensive energy bills. Well, supporters of this thing called fracking say that if it was used to extract gas trapped deep underground, 
then you could get cheaper bills in the future. But it doesn't come without a little bit of controversy. Test drilling in Britain was put on hold last year after it was blamed for causing two minor earthquake, earthquakes near Blake, Blackpool. This morning, the government is due to announce whether it's safe to carry on. Our reporter, James Alexander, has got more on this. Morning, James. Hi, Ian. Can you explain, in simple terms, what is fracking and what makes it so controversial? Yeah, it's a word that demands careful pronunciation. This does it, it certainly not? does on fracking local radio, oh yes. an industry term for fracturing. This is what you need to do. You need to drill down to fracture shale rock deep underground and release all this shale gas trapped inside the rocks. Now, what is significant, Ian, is that Britain may be sitting on billions of pounds worth of shale gas reserves right beneath your feet. Now, supporters say this could power millions of homes and cut electricity bills by up to a third. But environmental campaigners say it's dangerous, could pollute water supplies and even cause earth trap. What's the government expected to say about it this morning? Yeah, the government is deciding this morning whether to resume test fracking up in Lancashire. This was halted last year, as you say, after two small earthquakes near Blackpool. Critics claim fracking made Blackpool rock. Not so, say the industry. They reckon the technique is safe. And this morning, ministers will say if uh, the industry's got the green light to continue. Also, it's only Blackpool. I don't know if you've ever been there, James, but really, if, if, if all the places we could lose... many times. Yeah, well... When, it, when Blackpool goes rocking about, you wouldn't want that tower to come falling down. You wouldn't you. want to be near that. What, what, why would we get cheaper bills if it went ahead? Yeah, well, the argument would be that instead of having to rely on expensive gas that we import from uh, potentially unreliable places like Russia and the Middle East, we'd have our own homegrown energy, our own homegrown gas that should be cheaper because... It, it belongs to us. It would be great for the exchequer. The Chancellor is very keen on the idea, um, but critics say uh, gas prices are volatile and uh, there's no guarantee necessarily that it could mean cheaper energy bills. There's this report out this morning from the Committee on Climate Change that advises the government on energy policy. Uh, they say if we rely too much uh, on gas for our electricity, this is a dangerous thing. So um, it's not necessarily clear-cut that it would lead to cheaper energy bills. It seems, James, doesn't it, that we're, we're searching for the least worst option because uh, we can't really use coal. That's their shutting down north sea oil running out no one wants a nuclear power plant in their back garden so is this is this the best of a bad bunch yeah what do we do is the big question and supporters say look at america where fracking was invented and what they call frack sites are, are all over the states now and it has brought down gas prices and it has helped the u.s economy but also at the same time you look at YouTube and type in fracking and it'll come up with a whole load of videos of people who live in areas where fracking is taking place and they appear to be setting fire to their tap water because they claim there is gas in the water supply. Now uh, the industry say that's down to bad practice, that wouldn't happen in Britain but it is a huge row and the strong feelings on both sides and the question Ian is this, is fracking the answer to all our energy prayers, a silver bullet or an ecological time bomb. Thank you very much, James. And thank you, James, for getting the phrase right, silver bullet. It does annoy me when people say there's no magic bullet. No, that's not the phrase. A magic bullet doesn't kill a werewolf. It's a silver bullet. James, thank you for that. 08459 455 555. Are you in bed with your pets right now? Give me a call and describe the scene. Can you believe? Kelly Betts, member of our team wanted to drop this song from the playlist this morning, for goodness sakes. 
Barbara Streisand, Woman in Love. It's decided. For Christmas, dear wife, I want A Star is Born, starring Chris Christopherson and Babs. I want that on DVD, please. And we'll be watching it all Christmas. Uh, what a fantastic record. The next one's even better. Good music this morning. Very good music. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. Lots on the show that uh, I-, I want you to talk about, including... Well, earlier on, we spoke to Anna Hine from the Cinnamon Trust. They're, they're a charity that helps um, pets and, and people with pets. It's from Luton. And she told me that she has lots of pets in her house. Of You've course. got what? Four dogs and four cats. In your house? In my house. How on yes. earth do you... Anna? Uh, most of them are actually in my bed as we speak. Oh, Anna, I'm, no! Dog, I'm what? Dog, talking on the phone to Dogs you. in bed? How, how, many, how many are in your bed right now? Well, I've got an old English sheepdog curled up next to me. I've got an elderly basset also curled up <laughs> next to me. There's um, a nine-month-old kitten tucked in next to the old English sheepdog. Um, and the others are, are all around somewhere quite quite close. Now, listen, I, dogs in beds, I'm not so keen on. I have a... It, we, we fall into two categories, dog people and cat people. I'm a cat person, my cat sits on the end of the bed and it's wonderful and I love it. Have you got pets in your bed right now or do you let them sleep with you? 08459 455 555. Philip? Good morning. Good morning, Philip. You're in Whitchurch. Yes. Do you have pets and do they sleep with you? Yes, we have uh, one cat and he sleeps at the end of the bed on our fi- on my feet. And isn't it wonderful when they do? Oh, definitely. It makes makes you... Um it, it, it is wonderful, apart from when you try to turn over, you think, am I going to kick the cat out of bed? <laughs> Isn't it funny? I, I, I worry about the same thing. It's like, oh, wait, I've got to move carefully. I don't want Velvet to be disturbed. <laughs> My cat got very clever, and um, ar- she would start around four o'clock in the morning getting hungry and would wake me or my wife up for breakfast and she'd do it by sitting on on our chest tapping our face and when that didn't work she'd knock things off the bedside table and make a terrible racket so we ended up having to buy one of those automatic cat feeders so and we'd set it for like quarter to four and she'd go off uh, uh, and get her breakfast does does she cut velvet kind of hogs the bed quite a bit sometimes does does your cat do this yes if if i'm late to bed and chest is on the bed that's going to be out the way is impossible so sometimes I have to um, think, oh, well, go back downstairs and watch telly. <laughs> <laughs> really? You go yeah. back down because of Chester? Yes. Philip, now, listen, let's be honest. There are people, there are silly, silly people listening to us now, laughing at us, Philip. But it's part, it's part, of, the f- it's part of the fun of having a cat. It is part of the fun yeah. of having a cat. And what do you think about those weird people, those d- d- deviants that have dogs? Oh, uh, we're the adventure of a cat, you can leave and go to work, you don't have to worry about the dog. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand dog people, Philip. Dogs are, dogs are way too needy. Do- having a dog is like having an idiot child living with you, Definitely. who's just like, yeah, can, can you do this for me? Can you? Yeah. No, no, cats, they're wonderful, they're independent, they come and give you affection, they go out, they're, they're great. Dogs are far too needy, Apart aren't they? when you're just about to sit down to have your tea and you have to go out, because we don't have a cat door, so we've got to leave the, the back door open. Oh. And keep it shut when he's in. So as soon as we sit down to have our tea, meow, to go out. Yeah. And if we don't let him out, he's like your cat in the morning, he's, he's kind of, he bangs on the, on the door, under, under the sink in the, in the kitchen to let us know he, he wants to go out. Philip, we're talking about this because we are looking at the, the, the rather thorny issue of people who get rid of their, their pets because they don't, they, they get bored of them or they don't match the sofa. Yeah. Could you ever get rid of Chester? Not at all. We actually got him from the rescue centre in, just up the road in, in, Near Quainton, about 18 months ago. 18 months. Philip, well, listen, you enjoy Chester's company. I know, you people who don't have pets, you're going, what? It's just a cat. It's not just a cat, though. 
it's a member of the family. I would say that my cat is almost as, as important as, as my boys. She's been there longer. She, she's lived with me for 12 years. My eldest hasn't even been with me for three years. You know, I've, I've bonded with the cat. Takes a while to bond with the kids. Oh, wait, 459 four, double, five, five, double, five. Cats is better than dogs. That's a fact. Let's get the latest weather with Elizabeth Rosini. Good morning. It's another chilly, chilly, chilly start to the day. It certainly is. So we're uh, not very nice, but a lot milder with highs of nine, nine degrees Celsius. Ooh. I know, getting a lot milder and mild for the weekend as well. So we said goodbye to that frost and fog, really, after today. Yep. Elizabeth, yes. have you got pets? Yes. Well, uh, you're a cat woman, aren't you? Uh, well, uh, well, well, have I got pets? You see, my Well, that was the question. That was the question. I said, have you got pets? You said yes. That well, led me to believe that you had pets. My pets all live with my parents now, but, um, but yeah, cats and dogs. Oh. There, we have everything. Uh, and would you let them sleep on your bed? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yes, this is why my husband doesn't, <laughs> doesn't oh. let me have them anymore. Really? <laughs> he, won't, he, won't, he doesn't like sharing the bed? <laughs> doesn't even like sharing it with me sometimes. You tell me about it. I'm there, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. I say there. I don't mean in your bed. That got awkward, didn't it? I meant my my wife. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Oh, what's this? We're cramming it in this morning, aren't we? Lots and lots. The Lister Hospital in Stevenage has announced, get this, a massive £41 million investment this morning. This at a time when the NHS is uh, facing financial ruin. They've been given approval for a new £20.2 million new inpatient ward unit, along with additional theatres, endoscopy, and elective admissions units totalling a further £20.8 million. This represents the last major element of the Lister's £150 million transformation uh, into the main hospital for inpatient and emergency care across East, South and North Hertfordshire, as well as parts of Bedfordshire. Well, Peter Gibson is Communications Manager for East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust. Peter, what exactly does this mean for the hospital? Well, basically, it's the final transformation of the hospital, as you described, um, sorry, excuse my voice this morning, it's a bit, a bit croaky. Are you um, all right, Peter? I am fine, but it's just, just getting there. I'm, I'm, I don't need the hospital, but uh, you, you never know. Were, were you at a rock concert shouting loudly, or have you just got a cold coming on? Um, I've got a cold coming yes. on, sorry. That's, um, don't apologise, we'll, we'll, we'll listen closely. But, but basically, it means, that the, as you said, the final transformation of the hospital. It's been several years in the planning, and uh, what's coming through now is the final transformation. It's great news for us. Where does the money come from? Because the, the, the NHS is in a bit of trouble at the moment, isn't it? It is, but the capital funding has always been there. So that money is secure, it's coming through, and it'll, it'll, it'll as you say, it'll transform the hospital. How long is this work going to take? Because there's, there's lots being done. New theatres, lots of different things. I assume we're talking years. Well, the actual physical work starts next, uh, early next year, and actually it opens before the end of 2014, so just over a year. And, and once ready, is the Lister going to be able to cope with being the main hospital for, for what's actually quite a big area? Absolutely. In fact, in terms of emergency surgery, it's already coping with that area. Uh, but this actually transforms it for the final part. Um, and yes, more than cope, it'll be, it'll be fantastic. And Peter, I guess the, the, the question that, that people listening to this will want to know is, how is it going to affect them? How is it going to affect people that go and use the hospital? Well, at the moment, it's a bit of a building site. Uh, and it will be for the next 12 to 18 months. But when it's finished... Um, 
truthfully, unless you're going there as an emergency, you won't notice any difference because most of these services will be used by patients who, are, who, who, who end up as a medical or surgical emergency. And that's what the difference we made. Peter, listen, we'll let you go and rest your voice. Go and have a nice cup of hot water, boil some ginger up, put a bit of honey, a bit of lemon in there. That'll sort it out a treat. We've played cracking music this morning. Every four songs, all the four songs you've had have been superb. Here's one I chose. Mama Cass, Dream a Little Dream of Me. At some point, we'll do a phone-in on the best songs featuring whistling. That's in the top. That's in the top. Lots on the show this morning, including Do You Sleep With Your Pets? Turns out a lot of you do. If you... If you completely... You can't understand why someone would want to have a dog or a cat sleeping at the end of their bed. Could you give us a call? 08459 455. Would love to have someone call in who is completely anti-pet. You have no soul, but I'd like to talk to you about that. Cathy says, uh, two cats, Vinny and Pixie, sleep either side of me, snuggled up so I can't move. I'm pinned to the bed. Ooh. Linda says, my five cats often... Fi- Ooh, yeah, five cats. Ah, that's too many. My five cats often all sleep on my bed with me, but they make good hot water bottles. I hope you don't fill them with boiling water. And their purr is relaxing. Pam in Sundon Park says, I have two dogs and a cat. If it get, gets cold during the night, my border collie Abby gets in with me, and when she gets warm, gets out, and my border collie Cross gets in. I wouldn't have it anyway. I, see, the, the, the pets sleeping with you, the, the cat sleeping with you is fine. The dogs, I think that's a little weird. I'm not a dog person. I think they're dirty, smelly, stupid creatures. Cats intelligent, self-sufficient, wonderful. Dogs, oh, Really? Jen in Houghton Regis says, My cat Whiskey has been my companion for years now, but I don't sleep with him. He takes over my armchair at night, but comes up on my bed when I'm awake. Good for you for having cats. I don't get dogs. I re- they're just so much work. They're so needy. It is like having a child when you have a dog, isn't it? You've got to feed them, you've got to wash them, you've got to take them out and exercise them. Now, just bear this in mind, because we're going to be talking about this later on in the show, but using mobile phones while crossing roads, should be stigmatised in the same way as drink driving is to cut dangerous behaviour by pedestrians. That's according to a report that's out today. Almost a third of pedestrians are distracted, uh, including by mobile phones or other electronic devices, when they cross roads, putting them at a greater potential risk of being involved in an accident. This is according to researchers. Texting was the most dangerous distraction, analysed by the team from the University of Washington in the US, with texters four times more likely to ignore lights, to cross at the middle of a junction, or fail to look both ways before stepping off the curb. I'd like to hear from you this morning on this. When did you last see someone being distracted by a mobile phone? A pedestrian, someone out and about walking. I've been guilty of it a bit. I like to think I'm a little bit better. If I do check my phone when I'm out and about, I I tend to stop. Never do it when I'm crossing the road. And you do have that thing when you're walking down the street and there's someone hunched over their phone, walking directly towards you, not looking where they're going, and you have to move out of the way. Have you done what I do? And I do kind of sort of half move out of the way. This is very naughty. But then kind of give them a little bit of a shove as I walk past, as if to say... Oh, hey, whoa, sorry, fella. Didn't see you there when I did. Why is it up to me to keep an eye out for what you're doing? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. When did you last see someone being distracted by a mobile phone? (laughs) 
The debate about cats versus dogs is raging on Facebook. Cats are the superior animal, says Elton. You can't play buckaroo with a dog, but find a sleeping cat and hours of fun ahead. Don't know what you mean by that. Morning! Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Feeling, I'm feeling seasonal this morning. We played the Crystals earlier on. Santa Claus is coming to town. I'm recording the Boxing Day special, the festive face-off with um, Jonathan Vernon-Smith this afternoon. Feeling a bit... Fe- we're pre- there are presents in the office. Got to wrap mine for Jonathan. Um, and I'm off to see my boys' first Christmas show ever this afternoon as well. Wonderful. What, what a great time. Lots coming up on the show, and I'd love to get your input as always. I'll give you a... Go get a pen and paper. I'll give you the details in a second. These are some of the things we're talking about in the next hour of the show. We reveal the most bizarre reasons why people are giving up their pets. They include... You won't believe this. Yeah, he wouldn't fit in my handbag. Uh, Okay. Yeah, he wouldn't wear the outfit I bought him. Ah, okay. If you're a Watford fan, you could be watching your favourite team standing from the terraces again. Would you like to see standing areas return to your favourite club, or do you think it's a terrible idea? And using mobile phones while crossing roads should be stigmatised in the same way as drink driving to cut dangerous behaviour by pedestrians. When did you last see someone distracted by their mobile phone? If you're out and about this morning, you can probably see it now. You can get in touch various ways. Go to the Facebook page. We're really finding that you're you're grabbing Facebook by the scruff of its neck and slapping it about the face. Go there and have an argument with the other listeners. We put pictures up there, picture of my beard, lots of different things. Go and have an argument with the other listeners. Play nice, but go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send us a text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR, then put your message. Or, and we have a couple of lines free at the moment, give us a call. 08459... Four double five, five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, as I just mentioned, some dog owners are dumping their pets for just the most ridiculous reasons. Oh yeah, it wouldn't fit in my handbag. That's a real reason. Wouldn't wear the outfit I bought him. I need a smaller dog. Those are real reasons. The animal welfare charity Dogs Trust said more than 16,000 dogs have been cared for at its 18 UK centres in the past 12 months. It's launched its festive campaign, A Dog Is For Life, not just for Christmas, to drive home the message that potential owners should carefully consider what is involved before getting a pet. Chief Operating Officer for the Dogs Trust is Giles Webber. Morning, Giles. Ian, good morning. Do people really... I'm amazed that in 2012 people are still surprised when dogs grow and when you have to, you know, feed them and do things like that. What are some of the more ridiculous reasons you've heard for for people getting rid of their dogs? Well, the list is endless almost, Ian, but uh, I think one of my favourites was that uh, we had um, someone come back and say that the dog was scaring their goldfish. (laughs) How do you know? How do you know if a, a goldfish is scared? Uh, I couldn't possibly say. I'm not qualified in goldfish, but uh, unfortunately, the the number of reasons that we get for people bringing dogs back and and handing them in, um, saying that they can't cope, is is becoming uh, longer and more ridiculous as the years go by. And it really does concern us that people are perhaps not thinking carefully enough before committing to owning a dog. Wait, I'd imagine that some people return dogs for, for legitimate reasons. Maybe there's been a passing in the family, they, they genuinely can't afford to, to, to feed it because of changes in their circumstances. 
what percentage of people would you say are legitimate reasons, and what percentage of returns are these ridiculous, idiotic reasons? Well, we'd like to believe that the vast majority of people who present a dog to either Dogs Trust or many uh, of the other welfare organisations and rehoming organisations are absolutely genuine in their concerns and difficulties with looking after that dog. But unfortunately, there is an increasing number of people who clearly haven't done enough research on selecting and owning a dog. They are not demonstrating that they are committing to the responsibilities of owning that dog and actually they see it as a little bit of a throwaway fad and when it becomes too inconvenient for them they will just simply hand over the dog with a somewhat ridiculous reason you did the same uh, same campaign four years ago i I think it was i'm guessing that means that nothing has changed then things haven't changed for the better i'm afraid no so uh we continue to push the message about responsible dog ownership we encourage people to do as much research as possible of course dogs are wonderful things to have in your lives and in in a family but for this for the care of the dog and for the sake of the dog and for the enjoyment of the family it's really important to do lots of research and prepare well make sure your circumstances are right for bringing a dog into your family at that particular time well i remember in the old days you used to have a dog license and that kind of meant that there was a little bit of preparation and thought going into getting a dog would bringing the dog license back have any effect on this no i don't think it would actually but certainly encouraging responsible dog ownership through having your dog microchipped ensuring your dog is insured making sure that all of the details on a microchip database are accurate and up to date all those would demonstrate that someone had thought about bringing a dog into their lives and were caring for it effectively charles can you listen um, let's speak man to man here i don't get dogs i'm a cat person uh, and uh, cats are they're self-sufficient they, they're affectionate when they when you need them to be but they they look after themselves dogs are hard work giles well what's the attraction to dogs over cats well ian i think you nearly fell into your own trap there because you you said that cats can be affectionate when you need them to be and actually i think cats whilst i love them and they're beautiful things i think cats are affectionate when they want to be yeah so um, the wonderful thing about a dog is that the love that they give you and the attention they give you is um simply through their joy of being with you and part of your family so um it's for me dogs all the way you've got dogs have you giles uh, i have two and in fact gracie is with me at the moment she's under the table snoozing away what what, what is what make is gracie what model gracie is a spring spaniel uh, and I like spaniels, actually. I'll give you spaniels. Does, does, we're talking this morning about people who sleep with their pets. Do your dogs sleep on your bed? They don't, no. They have a little attempt. They'll have a sneaky try, but no. Um, you chuck them off. They, they need to have their own space, and they, they need <laughs> me oh, my your wife to have ours. <laughs> so, they need to have their own space. Uh, Giles, listen, best of luck with the campaign, and uh, the, good luck this Christmas. Hope you don't get too many handed back. Many thanks, Ian. Just Giles Webber, Chief Operating Officer for the Dogs Trust. He makes a point about dogs are affectionate, but dogs are affectionate all the time. You have no, it is like having a very needy child. They don't, they, there's no break from it. It's just a constant. I, I used to have a dog years ago, I used to have a, a Cocker Spaniel, Sophie, who was as, as, as thick as anything. She was wonderful. But she would get so excited when we came home, even if I'd just been to school, okay, it's so a bit at school all day, would come home, she'd get so excited, she'd do a little wee wee. A little bit of wee wee would come out. I know, no, I know. But it's true, that's how ridiculous dogs are. Cats, they'll be kind of look, if she's hungry, she'll come and say, oh, all right, you're home, yeah. Or she'll walk past me, say, yeah, yeah, you're back. Okay, speak to you later on. I love that. Ken's in New Bradwell. Morning, Ken. Are you a cat or a dog person? Cat. 
Yes, so it makes sense. The dogs are just far too precious. Yeah. Why, why have you called in, Ken? What have you got for me? Well, I was just telling your uh, your colleague there about um, I was a postman. I'm retired now. Yes. And um, I was postman for 39 years. We used to go start work in them days early in the morning, about four o'clock, half past four. Well, you say that, Ken, just going off on a slight tangent. Yes, you guys did used to get up early in the morning. My postman, who is, I think, is about 15 years old, was delivering post at half past four in the afternoon the other day. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And he, he probably gets to do it because he can't do it while it, during the day because of school. He was a child. Anyway, Ken, sorry, I digress. Away you go. Anyway, I'll go into work one morning. Got up, I live just around the corner from Newport Road, where there's a several crossing yeah. and it's, it's still dark in the morning no, no traffic about at all and I go towards the double crossing and I see a black a, a cat yeah. on the pavement oh I think once across the road so I stopped and it put his tail up and walked across the double crossing now you see that is the genius of cats. It's learnt how to do, uh, how to use a zebra crossing. Yes, it, I was so surprised. When I saw the cat there, I thought, oh, I actually to Did go. you actually stop for it, Ken? I stopped for it, yeah. I saw it there, you see, with my headlights on the on the pavement, waiting to cross. I, I stopped by the zebra crossing, and it walked across with its tail up in the air. I've just realised, of course, why you are a cat person and not a dog person. Why is that? Because you're, you're, you're an ex-postie. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you lot famously hate dogs. Did you ever get have, have any run-ins with dogs when you yeah, were working? Loads of times, yes. I was a 39 years old as a postman, and um, I was very often I was bit by the dogs. And the one particular time that annoyed me, yeah. um, I was delivering in, in Bradville, the Long Garden Pass up there, and um, got a bag of mail in me, on my shoulder, and I saw this dog at this gate... The bottom of the gate. The gate was open. Uh, the, stock, uh, no, the, the dog was by the front door, yeah. about 20 or 30 yards away from the pavement. And it was barking and going mad, you see. So I stood there with the letter. I thought, well, somebody will come out probably and come and get the letter. Yeah. But nobody come. Uh-oh. So I thought, well, I'll, I've got to take. I can't. It's a first-class letter. I can't leave it on the pavement. First class. Can't leave first class on the pavement. Second class, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I, I thought, well, I must take it up to it. So the dog, just, just yapping and yapping it was. So it went up to the front door. Just going to put the... The dog was still yapping. He'd never bit me at all. Still yapping, the dog was. And all of a sudden, the, the front door swung open. And the fella said, there, what do you want? I said, well, look, I'm a post blog, but I'm there for you. He said, what about the dog? I said, what about the dog? I think he thought I was fond of it. He said, it's supposed to be scary. I said, well, do you want the letter or not? Yeah, it was so annoying it was that I walked up this garden path. <laughs> Over there. Kevin New Bradwell, thank you very much indeed. Yapping dogs. I mean, they make such a racket. The cat... A cat purr? Is there anything more relaxing than a cat's purring? Wonderful. Ken and you, Brad, well, thank you very much for that indeed. 08459 455 555. I'll say it now. If you've got a dog, you've got problems. Cat, it's cats all the way. We know that, don't we? Cats, uh, they're, they're so independent, they're so intelligent. And Ken has just proved that with this story of a cat who had learnt to use a zebra crossing. Genius. Now, this is something that if you're a fan of football, not just Watford Football Club, but if you've got even a vague interest in football, uh, you'll have an opinion on this. Uh, fans of Watford Football Club could soon be watching their team from the terraces, standing, if a trial gets to go ahead. 
The Football Supporters Federation is hoping to win the backing of MPs for its plan for a small-scale trial at a number of league clubs, including Watford. It believes the pilot scheme would show standing, which was outlawed after the Hillsborough disaster in 1989, is now a safe way to watch football. Really interested to know what you think about this. Good idea or the worst idea ever? 08459 455 555. Well, Glyn Evans is Watford's operations director. Morning, Glyn. Morning. Why are Watford supporting this trial? Because I think it's right that safe standing systems should be looked at. Um, We acknowledge the fact that some supporters like to stand whilst watching football. Um, The majority of supporters in certain areas of stadiums stand at times of excitement, um, causing problems for people who just want to sit down. So uh, the Football Supporters Federation have uh, pursued um, some options, and we have backed our given them our support to call for trials um, at certain stadia. A lot of uh, football fans, in- including those people connected with Hillsborough, think that this is a terrible idea. How, how do you respond to that? I-, I-, I don't think you can put this in context with Hillsborough. The safe-sounding systems operate uh, perfectly safely in places like Germany, um, where they-, they can convert to seats for European competitions. That We're not this is not about the return to huge open terraces. This is about the, the call for a trial of safe standing systems, which the government would have to approve um, before they could take place. And how would it work, Glenn? Is it going to be for home and away fans, just home fans? Can, can kids stand? The, the important thing is to actually trial it somewhere, um, two, three stadia within the country, probably not at Watford, certainly not at Watford initially, will be somewhere else that the, 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 the actual stadium is better configured for the safe standing systems um, to see how it works, to see whether it, 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 it can be used in an English football stadium environment. Glenn, I'm not a massive football fan, but I have friends who are, and a lot of them say that the introduction of all-seater stadiums, kind of a lot of the atmosphere was lost. Would you agree with that? That's actually difficult to say. At at some of the older grounds, there is no doubt that atmosphere is lost, but bearing in mind that the the investment in building programmes and new stadiums all over the country has been um, significant, um, and, and when you go move from one stadium to another, you are going to lose some atmosphere. Um, generally, um, people are not free to roam around and, and, and sit where they want or stand where they want to like they used to. So, you know, certainly places like the old copper at Anfield, um, the atmosphere is different, yeah. If this did happen at, at Vicarage Road, do you know where the standing area would be and, and, and how big it would be, how many fans you could get in? No, no, because um, we've given no thought to this um, other than to back the call by the Football Supporters Federations for for trials. Um, Until you know whether something is is actually something that you want to pursue, there's no point planning for it. And, Glyn, how do you think MPs are going to react to it? Do you you think this plan will get the support from them that it needs? I think it's quite difficult at the moment, given given the background of of Hillsborough and the ongoing um, uh, calls for inquiries, etc., and the ongoing investigations. Um... But I hope that uh, people will be able to, to separate the, the, the two and give it uh, some approval. Uh, Glenn Evans, Watford's Operations Director, thank you very much. Well, what do you think? Um, even if you're not a massive football fan, you'll have an opinion on this, because it is so emotive. 
uh, in the wake of Hillsborough. And obviously Hillsborough's been back in the news recently with the, the, the publication of the report into, into what happened and all the, the, the evidence that came out of that. Would you like to have a stand, a terrace, a section in a football stadium where you can stand up? Do you think a, a bit of the atmosphere was lost when stadium or stadia became all seated? 08459 455 555. Do you think the introduction of uh, standing areas, the reintroduction of standing areas in football stadia is a good idea or is it the worst idea? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. <clears throat> A report is out that says um, pedestrians should be chastised for using their mobile phones when they're doing things like crossing the road and walking down the street because it makes them more dangerous. I've been asking this morning, what ridiculous things have you seen people doing with their mobile phones? You see it all the time, people walking down the street, don't you? They're, they're looking at their mobile phone, hunched over it, not looking where they're going, and it's up to you to move out of the way. Uh, Helen says, morning in. Talking of mobile phones, some muppet is driving his van on his vo- phone. And the- oh, this is, a th- this is a thing. I've seen this a lot recently. Only half his front window is clear from ice. Not even half. The window just has a little gap. I've seen that. Go and clean the ice off the window. Get the steam off. Go and get a... Go and buy a scraper for £2.50. Turn the the heating on and scrape that ice off. Uh, Andy says, I'm a bus driver in Hemel. I see lots of people texting while they're crossing the road. Especially kids. I've even followed cyclists talking on the phone with one hand. Also, the dreaded music players while they're riding. Most are oblivious to a 12-ton vehicle bearing down on them. No wonder they get injured. You've got a point there. Cyclists listening to an iPod. I've seen that. Cyclists as well on mobile phones. Come on, guys. We're so ridiculous, for goodness sakes. Well, the reason we're talking about this is because there is a report out today that says uh, using mobile phones while crossing the road should be stigmatised in the same way as drink driving to cut dangerous behaviour by pedestrians. Almost a third of pedestrians are distracted, including by mobile phones or other electronic devices, when they cross the roads, putting them at a greater potential risk of being involved in an accident. Well, we can talk now to motoring journalist Adam Rayner from Hertfordshire. Morning, Adam. Good morning, Ian. Pedestrians on their mobile phones, are they causing as much d- d- destruction and, and distraction as drunk drivers? Um, I'm sure if they are, they wouldn't actually notice, to be perfectly honest. There's a whole new sort of uh, condition that these uh, road users seem to be suffering from. Um, and it's it's quite bizarre, because it's, it's like they're not really there. Just yesterday, literally yesterday, I was thinking um, about that as I'm travelling around and kept finding people still on the pavement where their brain has literally been so taken over they've, they've literally just got to stop walking, which is um, <laughs> which is good. And they're just sort of still going piffle poffle, piffle paffle with this little object, um, you know, in the midst of, of somewhere else. It looks a little bit as if these things are some kind of weird alien symbiote that sucks at your consciousness. And it certainly turns them into some sort of moronic zombie. It's, uh, it, it's a much higher risk for the likes of us drivers. You just, I'll go off on a slight tangent. You just remind me of one of the most annoying things that I find as a driver. Is you know when people stand at zebra crossings, but, <laughs> but they don't want to cross? They, they're having a chat with their mates, or they, they're waiting. If, you, if you're stood near as, anywhere near a zebra crossing, that is an implication that you are going to cross, so cross the road. Um, well, absolutely. It's even within the uh, highway code. Don't loiter at the crossing if you're not crossing. You know. How can we stop these idiots? 
that do cross the road, just wander across the road with their, their iPhones in or on their mobile phones texting. What can we do, Adam? Um, I think they need a fancy application that warns them they're about to turn into the traffic. They're, in actual fact, they're, they're, there is stuff out there that could, uh, that could do that, but some kind of uh, awareness campaign about, you know, don't be a mobile phone zombie because you will end up genuinely joining the ranks of the... Uh, crossed over you know it, it, it's deadly absolutely deadly it's uh like like you know, some kind of brain condition out there that turns them into uh mobile phones spongiform encephalitis it's ridiculous it's easy for you to say at this time in the morning and we yeah. our tongues are slightly in our cheeks but it is it is actually dangerous isn't it to be distracted crossing the road uh, at any time of the day when there are lorries there are buses there are cars all kinds of things and not paying attention is the, the one thing that was drilled into me as a kid yeah. is when you cross and it's a thing I teach my boy you keep looking you keep listening oh absolutely I mean this is uh, I'm, I'm actually a good bit older than you sir and I can recall the street education altering from what we used to call the curb drill to that terribly nice actor fellow, the big strapping one, and the uh, the, the, the green cross coat. David, D- David Prowse, I think it was, that's wasn't it? The yes, man, yes, yes. The, also Darth Vader. Yes, absolutely. Yes, uh, especially now it's Christmas. I can feel your presence. The um, very good. Well done. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but the, uh, the the fact is, all that education seems to have uh, seems to have just gone away. And I think that a similar series of mobile, uh, phone, heavy type information movies would help at this point. And do you get the thing, Adam? I, I know you're, you're, you're a motoring journalist, but I'm assuming you walk on occasion. Oh, yes. When you're walking <laughs> down the street and there's some Muppet coming towards you, hunched over their phone, and it's up to you, Adam, as the sensible person, to move out of the way. Do you do what I do and give them a little nudge? Um, well, actually, it's, it's a little bit worse than that. Sir Isaac Newton and his physics never take a holiday. I have been known to pretend not to notice. Because I'm six foot two and twenty plus stone, they bounce off. You're a big lad, yes. They bounce off and you go, I'm so sorry. You can afford to be so totally urbane and polite, but I I have been known to not tolerate the... uh, you know, impolite, total lack of registration that there's other people using the place. And whilst my darling wife errs in the direction of being over-polite and will jump out of the way of every moron, I have been known to just let them bounce off and learn the consequences of their inattentions, you know. Adam, I'm kind of on your side. Always a pleasure. Adam Rayner is uh, a motoring journalist from Hertfordshire. What have you seen, dear listener? It, it, he's right, isn't it? When I, in the 70s, it was Alvin Stardust and um, David Prowse, the Green Cross Crow man. Both of those adverts, I remember the, the Alvin Stardust one, is a bit creepy. Some kids are about to run into the road and you went, hey kids, stop. And you, the Green Cross Road was, was advertised on television and I'm desperately trying to teach it to my boy. And he wants to run across the road and I say, no, you hold my hand. He's all independent at the moment. He's nearly three. So it's, no daddy, I want to do it. I want to do it. So there's kind of some debate about him holding the hand. But I make him walk slowly. I make him keep looking. But there's no cars, daddy. Doesn't matter. You keep looking, boy. And you keep listening. And yet, how is he going to learn if he sees grown people looking at their phones as they cross the roads? It's nearly 7.30. Let's get the latest news and sport now with the new iPad mini owning, Catherine Boyle. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at 8 o'clock. Got any pets? No. End of that conversation. On FM, AM and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. She is, um... She is heartless. Uh, I, I do think, I genuinely think, if you haven't got a pet, even like a little goldfish, if you haven't got something like a little pet, guinea pig, cat, a kitten, this part of your soul is missing. Seriously. 
having a pet is the, the next to having kids is the most wonderful thing and you can have both and you should have both you sh- if you've got kids you should have a pet it's important for them Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Lots coming up this morning, including how worried are you about your kids or your grandchildren using Facebook? The social network site is offering real money casino games under a deal announced yesterday. And do you remember we told you that flats for people with mental health problems are being built in Bletchley? And we had um, someone who lived next door and was a little bit worried about it. Residents have raised concerns. Find out why the Director of Mental Health Services in Milton Keynes thinks those concerns are unfounded. 08459 455 555. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tough times for the NHS. They're, they're facing cutbacks and they're up against the ropes. But Lister Hospital is getting £41 million. £41 million. It's a lot of money. Joe is in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good, Joe. Thank you for asking. I'm excited because it's my boy's first uh, Christmas show today. Oh, fantastic. And he, he's a flower. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's brilliant. It is brilliant. I'm dead excited. But cats. First of all, cats. It's, it's always got to be the cats, mate. Of course, of course it has. Got four of them, and the kids love them, and they're so affectionate, and c- c- cats are cool. What do dogs do? Feed me, walk me, oh, entertain it, me. And imagine, listen, I go around with my boys having to pick up enough poo in bags. I don't want to have to yeah. go out for a walk in a field and have to do it with a dog as well. Well, that's the good thing. At least cats have the decency to go and use your next-door neighbour's garden, you know? <laughs> yeah, they do! Next-door neighbour's <laughs> flower pots. I don't know, that's fine. That's good for, good for the... I do think, if you own a dog, there is a, there, there's something missing... There's something missing from your life that, you know, that, 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 because dogs are so needy. You have to do so much for them. I'm suspicious of dog owners. Uh, uh, I, it's, I think it's people that just can't have relationships with, with women at the, at the risk of upsetting many people. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to distance remark. myself from that comment, Joe. That's you said that. Now, you've called in about Lister Hospital. Are, are you a fan of it? Yes, definitely. Um, because last year I had a cancerous kidney removed. Um, and the Lister were absolutely fantastic. I had a scan there. And within three months they said, you know, it's, it's, it was a slow-growing one. It's... So it's it's not going to cause an issue. But you know what? We'll get you in. We'll get it. You get your kidney whipped out, and that's how. Joe, can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Did the doctor actually say we're going to get your kidney whipped out? Were those his exact words? Those were his exact words. (laughs) And you know what? As I was sitting there crying my eyes out, he turned around and said, "Look, don't worry." He says, "You'll be back up and running within a few weeks, and you'll be fine." So they looked after me fantastic. It's they all keyhole now, isn't it, the, the, the kidney removal? Yes, well, it is. I mean, they call it keyhole. I mean, I've still got a five-inch scar across right. my back. Big but key. It's, but it's, it's um, you know, they, I can't say how g- good they were enough because they were fantastic. I mean, I, and I've, you know, my son was born there in mm. the new um, birthing unit, so it really is, it deserves all the investment. But because we're so close to London, and we've got so many people living in the area... Mm. You know, we, we need a hospital. We need the investment. When Joe, when when you, you, you go to the doctors and yep. I'm, touch wood, I'm touching it now. It's it, I've, I've never had this personally. I know people who have, but when you go and you get news as bad as we're going to have to whip, whip your kidney out, yeah. How how do you react? How do you how do you feel when you hear that? Um, honestly, mate, I as soon as he told me that, I started shaking, sweating, uh, gagging. 
and I think it was shock. Mm. And you know, even when I went into the hospital, I was crying, to, and even when they were taking me down to theatre, I was crying, and, you know, I had my family and fr- friends surrounding me, but, like I say, I, I went down, I woke up after the operation, and I was out of hospital in three days. Um, and then looking back at it, I, I sit there and I think, you know, what, what was all the fuss about? Mm. And I, I count myself lucky in because, you know, my cancer hadn't spread. It was just one self-contained lump. But yep. if I'd left it, it could have caused problems in later life. So, and you know what? I'm healthier now. I'm, uh, you know, my, my kids, I play with my kids all the time. I've, my, my quality of life's better now than what it was before the operation. So... You, you can't put a price on that, mate. It's so a forty-one million pounds. And I've, I co- I've contributed as well because a lot of the doctors they do lots of sort of charity events to raise money for their departments. Yeah. So you know you, you can donate things like that. So I know a lot of people say, "Oh, more money on the NHS." You know they're going to spend another forty-one million. But do you know what? Unless you've experienced it and been and had an operation or had the bad news, and then the hospital has brought you the other side of it and said, "Guess what? Everything's going to mm. be okay." You like I say, 41 million, nothing. Joe, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Now, Facebook. We've all got it. I've got it on my phone, on my computer. A little bit addictive. How worried about are you about your kids or your grandchildren using it? The social network site is to offer real money casino games under a deal announced yesterday. It's prompting fears it will create tomorrow's generation of problem gamblers. Under the deal... Facebook will allow gamers to place up to £500 bets using a debit or credit card for a chance to win jackpots worth tens of thousands of pounds. Well, Tom Cheesewright is a technology expert. Morning, Tom. Good morning, Ian. What, Facebook is used by pretty much everyone and a lot of kids. What do you feel about it being uh, teaming up with a gambling site? Well, you know, gambling's already out there on the internet. Moving it onto Facebook is just like putting it on the internet's high street rather than a back street. So clearly more people are going to see it, experience it, and have the opportunity to, to get into it. But, you know, you still have the same controls on gambling that you do elsewhere on the web. People are going to have to have access to a credit card, a debit card. They're going to have to go through that process of, of loading money into the site, which I'm not saying is a, is a concrete barrier no. to people doing it, and it's saying that's a concrete barrier to kids doing it. But there will certainly be controls in place to try and prevent that. But a four, listen, 14-year-olds are much cleverer than we will ever be. They, they know how to nick mum's credit card and, and, and do all that stuff, don't they? And this comes back to the, the same rules that you have for the internet as you have in the real world. You, know, you wouldn't let your kids disappear off into a betting shop if you can avoid it. And the same way you have to marshal their behaviour online as you do offline. And you know, if, if they are going into mum's, mum's wallet and taking out a credit card and going online to gamble, I'd argue that's more of a parenting mm. problem than an internet problem. What can parents do, do you think, to prevent things like this, you know, our kids being exposed to things like this or, or the dangers of it? Well, you, know, you make the point, Ian, that, that kids are, are more up on this stuff than parents necessarily ever will be. And it, it really is a question of learning for the parents. It's, it's difficult and it's time-consuming. But actually, you're taking the time to get yourself really familiar with what goes on online, how the Internet works and what is accessible, and spending time with your kids, you know, going through the Internet and, and setting down those ground rules, the same as you would for their, their offline lives, if you like, is really the best thing you can do until you get to the point where you feel like you know, they've got some common. Mm-hmm 
common mm. sense about how to behave online and you can trust them to do it on their own. You know, certainly I think suggestions like, you know, keeping computers in public spaces and, and not leaving them to be, you know, completely online on their own below a certain age or a certain level of trust is probably a good thing. Does this mean we're going to get more of those irritating, you've been invited to Farmville? Guess what? Hey, everyone on Facebook, I'm not interested in Mafia Wars or Farmville or anything like that. I'm afraid nothing is going to stop the tide of spam from things like Farmville, and it's, you're going to get you're probably going to get it from gambling sites as well now. Have you played Farmville? Do you know what? I've completely avoided Good. it. I like you. I have absolutely oh. no interest whatsoever. It sounds ridiculous. Uh, uh, Tom, listen, is, Tom, is there, uh, I feel that we've reached kind of a plateau in technology at the moment. Is there anything on the horizon that's exciting? For, for example, let's, let's go off on a slight tangent. The new Wii co- computer console hasn't excited me at all. It's like, it's not really a development. Is there anything that's going to happen in the next six months, year, Tom, that's really going to excite geeks like me? I think... The more mobile computing, you know, smartphones are pretty smart today, but when your start, smartphone starts to break down into being integrated into your clothes, integrated into your glasses, integrated into the smaller devices around you, that's really going to get people going. S- sorry, did you say that, that smartphones could be integrated into glasses and clothes? Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, the, the days of us walking around with little <laughs> slabs of plastic and metal um, are limited. Yeah, they're getting smaller and smaller all the time. Why carry around a discrete device when it could just be integrated in the things you wear every day? Now we're talking. Tom, listen, thank you very much indeed. Tom Cheese, right, technology expert. I would start wearing glasses if uh, th- th- you could integrate my mobile phone into it. Oh, totally. So you, you wouldn't need to hold anything. You'd hear it in your ear, you'd talk, and then maybe over the right eye, it'll be like um, terminator style I'm in. I am totally in. Well, Jonathan Vernon-Smith, thank you, Tom. JVS is going to be discussing this on his big phone-in today. He's asking, do we over-exaggerate the dangers of gambling? We're all over the shop this morning, and I'm loving it because of that. Cats and dogs. Janet's in Great Hormy. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. Are you a cat or a dog woman? Well, I've got four cats and three dogs. So, so oh, oh, dear. Yeah, I've got three German Shepherds, and um, I've got an old cat of 22 and three young cats, one of six weeks, six months, and a year. Oh, bless you. Now, but the German Shepherds, Janet, they're massive dogs. Yeah, they're lovely. How can you have three of them wandering around? It's like having three bears. Oh, yeah, it is, actually. And when they lay on the floor... They look like rugs, so you have to, can't step on them. You have oh, no, don't. The, uh, the, uh, the one thing I've learned in life, Janet, is do not step on a German Shepherd. That's right. Do they sleep on your bed? The dogs don't. No. But three of the cats do. Right. As and when they want to. Yeah. The kitten does at the moment. Yeah. Because we've only had a, um, well, a week tomorrow. And how does she, because I, I, we've got one cat, we, I've had this cat for 12 years, she's going to be 14, I think, in March, so she's getting on a bit, although nothing compared to your, your 22, and it's often, th- I've often thought, oh, I wouldn't mind getting a kitten, how did the older cats respond when you brought that kitten in? Oh, not another one. Oh, really? Was it yeah, that? the mm. dogs, I mean... The dogs just, thought, hmm, breakfast. No, 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 that is just it, oh. they don't, you know, the elder one, the dogs, who's um, seven... She just look, uh, raised her eyes. The um, middle one, she wants to play, and the little one, who's two, the boy, he just oh great, another cat to lick. He like he washes them all the time. Oh, it's, dear. it's like they're going to drown. I, I, listen, I, one thing, people, if you ever see me and I come around to your house for a cup of tea, don't let your dog, don't let your dog lick me, and don't let your dog sniff my ding-dang, because it really, <laughs> it, they do, don't they? And it's just yeah. so embarrassing. And you're gently trying to push them away, and they get more determined. It's horrible. 
Yeah, no, they're all, you know, they just, I think it's the way you bring them up, isn't it? You know, yes. they just, you know, I just got told that five kittens had been dumped. Yeah, oh dear. Oh, I'll have one. Oh dear, yeah. When they, when they, Janet, listen, thank you for that. When they're dumped, you, you, you'd be heartless not to say, oh, go on. This is why I can't go to places like Battersea Dogs Home or Cat Rescue Centres, because I go, oh, go on then, I'll have that. Fian Luton says, morning, Ian. There are people like me whose lifestyle means they can't have a pet. Instead, I have a virtual fish tank and a husband. That covers all bases. You, Fee, you remember those Tamagotchis? Remember Tamagotchi? You need a Tamagotchi. That little sort of electronic, my Tamagotchi died, I killed it. Ian, I'm a huge cat lover. No dogs for me. They smell and make your house smell too. They do. You walk into someone's house, and then they've got dogs. It stinks. I did voluntary work at an animal shelter. This is Lucy, by the way. And remember two people in particular. One returning an old cat to exchange it for a kitten. The other returning a ginger cat because it no longer matched the carpet. Really? That's outrageous. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sophie, earlier on in the show, we had a caller who said that he'd seen a, a, a cat using a zebra crossing, uh, waiting at the zebra crossing, waiting for the traffic to stop, and then he crossed it. Y- you doubt this, do you? Well, I can um, understand if he crossed with it and it was on a lead. Cats but- on leads, Tyler? <laughs> are you bonkers? How else would it know to do it? Cats, are you, no, a, do- a, dog are you, a, are you a dog person? I have a beautiful cat and a beautiful dog okay, you try. and they just love each other so i can't decide okay but you, you you can decide you know you know cats is better thank you sophie concern about flats for people with mental health problems planned for bletchley are unfounded that's the view of anna selby director of mental health services in milton Keynes. local people reacted angrily after the facility on wadden way was granted permission we'll hear from anna in a few minutes but first peter suffered a mental breakdown in 2003 he now lives in a similar facility in uh, Luton. He lives on his own but has regular visits from support workers from a charity called Signposts, as Toby Friedner has been finding out. Hello, hello, hello Peter. Hello, Toby, you okay, Nice mate? to see you nice very well. You. Thank nice you very much for inviting me in. What a lovely flat. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've been here. I've been I was convinced that we lived in the UFO. I was actually convinced we lived in the UFO. I didn't want to know my family, didn't want to know absolutely nobody at all. As I lost my job in uh, 2003, was that the trigger for it? Yeah, yeah, that actually triggered it off. Um, I didn't wash, didn't eat for, what, three months. Uh, I had very long hair, and a big bushy beard. Uh, the, the dogs I was on wasn't helping me until they started giving me clozapine and heightened venifaxine, which was making me stable. Because I was getting better, I thought, I want to get out and move back into the community, stand on my own two feet. Uh, these flats that come up in Luton, I come and looked at in 2012, and I really liked it, and it went from there, really. And you've even got a balcony? Yeah, I've got a balcony. Yeah. I stand up there in the summer, having a can of beer. Yeah, lovely. And a cig. <laughs> Why not? So I'm with Jasmine and Emma from Signposts in Luton. Um, how would you define supported living? What is it? People who... Living independently but still need a little bit of support just for everyday stuff. Getting back to living independently on a complete sort of level. Yeah. Why is that important? Um, just to be accepted, I think, again, in the, in the community. If they lived independently before um, they became unwell or if they lost their job and needed extra support um, and just getting back to what their lives were. Um, I mean, people talk about stigma and mental health. Does this help combat stigma? 
think it's still a big problem, a stigma of mental health. Um, I think some of the clients um, still feel it's a problem. As soon as you word, mention the word mental health, they just think on the negative side of being crazy or something like that. What do the neighbours think? Just friendly, just like any other neighbours, really. They, they say hi to us, how are you doing? Quite often we see um, a couple of guys walking past, walking their dogs. Um, yeah, always very friendly. I actually chose the carpets myself, which I wanted. I also chose the colour of the cupboards. What does the future hold? What are you looking forward to? So, we'll save some money. All I'd like to do is save some money and get a job. That's, that's what I'm looking at. I want, my benefits have gone up now. So that's what I'm hoping to do. What I'm hoping to do. Who knows what the future holds? Toby Friedner there reporting. Well, Anna Selby is Director of Mental Health Services at MK Community Health Service, and she joins me on the line now. Morning, Anna. Morning. What sort of people will live in the flats planned for Bletchley? Um, well, can I just say firstly that the, they're not just planned, the flats in Bletchley. They're actually already um, open and full. Um, they've been open for about the last month. Um, the flats in Bletchley are for people who, may, who are experiencing dementia, who may need a little extra support to enable them to live an independent life. How will they be supported? It's, um, it's a really innovative new building, um, new um, care provision, Flowers House in Bletchley. It provides an opportunity for people to maintain their own front door, live in their own flats, but with extra care available in the unit. So it's, a, it's staffed, it's staffed in, a, in order to enable people to be supported, but it still allows people to live in their own homes. And, and also, let me just say, yes. it enables people to stay together who want to stay together when, when one or the other is experiencing dementia. Do you have any sympathy for people, uh, local residents, who may be concerned about living near near people who are affected by this? Um, well, I don't understand what people would be concerned about. Um, dementia is a really common condition. It affects about 700,000 people in the UK, and we know that, that, that the problem is rising as people live longer. I also know that people are more at risk of developing dementia as they get older, and in Milton Keynes, we've got a population that is, that, uh, a bulger population that is ageing. This, this is an opportunity to enable somebody to, to, remain their, to maintain their independence. I mean, at the moment, we, we can support people at home up to a certain point, and when the risks get to a certain stage, they may need extra care, may need to go into, into some kind of care home. The extra care unit at, um, in Bletchley provides people with that um, ability to remain independent, but I don't really understand what the concerns to the community are. Anna, listen, thank you very much for your time. Anna Selby, a Director of Mental Health Services at MK Community Health Service. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cats versus dogs. It's the big debate. You know cats is better. Of course they are. Of course, dogs are so needy. Oh, have you taken the dog for a walk? Oh, do I have to? Yes, you do. Have you fed the dog? Have you cleaned up the dog's mess? Oh, dear. The dog wants to go out. Cat? Where's the cat? Dunno, not seen it for a couple of days. Put his food down. It's gone, so it's around. Wonderful. <laughs> That's all you need. Sue in Luton says, Ian, we have pets. We used to have two cats, but sadly one died at the vet. We also have two dogs. Cats are far superior to dogs. This is my kind of person. Sue, I love you. Our dogs can't even open a door. The cat, however, can. When the other cat was alive, the pair of them could open lightweight interior doors. This is, ge- this is why cats are genius, Sue. One hung on the handle, and the other pulled the bottom with a paw. Wonderful. 
Carol says, Ian, I sleep with our cat when my husband isn't around. The cat is very clever and makes verbal noises to communicate with me. He has meows that imitate words and he uses them at the right time. Suddenly I'm suspicious. Uh, Carol, I want to hear... Carol, I want you on the phone. I want to hear your cat talking. Otherwise, I'm afraid I have to dismiss you as a loon. Uh, A mew he only uses when hungry and tapping the food bowl or cupboard with his paw. Yeah. M says, Ian, dogs are far more intelligent than cats. They can warn their owner of an impending seizure. They are eyes for the blind and aware of the owner's medical or social needs. My sister's one dog fetched the clothes and towel, etc., from the bathroom when she was unwell. Well, you have a point there, yes. There, there is the thing, isn't there? If, if you collapsed and died, would, I don't wish this on you, Emma, I'm not threatening you at all. But if you died at your home and you had a dog, the dog would bark and would get help. Right? Knock the phone off the hook. Dial some numbers. Would drag you to the door. Would jump up at the window. Cat? Cat would eat you. But then I, I kind of respect the cat for that as well. We're talking as well about people using mobile phones when they're walking around, walking into the road using mobile phones. What annoys me most about people walking into the road on their phone is their reaction when you sound the horn to show them that you're there. They look as if it's your fault. And why do they have to wear black at night? Well, Phil, that's going off on a slight different tangent. I don't know about that. And there are talks. Look, we're covering all the bases before we get to the news at 8 o'clock. This is what we do for you, you see. If you've just tuned in, you've missed a corker of a show so far. One of the stories we're talking about is uh, there is a campaign to get standing, stands, terraces, back at football clubs. And it could be happening at Watford. Uh, Val, a Watford supporter, says, I bet it won't be trialled at Millwall or Leeds. A bad idea just to make extra cash as numbers are down due to TV coverage. What do you think? Is it a a good idea? They say it's going to be different from the stands that were used back in the 80s. It's more advanced. But it was mentioned by one of the guests that it will allow football clubs to get more people in. So is it just a money-making idea? I don't know a lot about football. If you do, what do you think? When they got rid of the standing areas in, in Stadia, uh, did, was, was a bit of the atmosphere lost? Do you think bringing back stands is a good idea or a terrible idea? That's the simple question, isn't it? <laughs> BBC Three Counties Radio, three minutes past eight, an hour left of the show. Feeling very Christmassy. It's Christ- I was driving through um, Sandy yesterday. <clears throat> was it yesterday? No, it was the day before. And the roads and the, tr- the trees were all white. It was all frosty everywhere. It looked, it looked like a Christmas card. A naff Christmas card where it's just pictures of white trees, but it looked very festive and very seasonal. I'm, I'm really getting in the mood. Got to wrap a couple of presents for Jonathan Vernon-Smith today. Wrap three presents. I say wrap three presents. There are three presents, and they are excellent. Um, this is for our Boxing Day special that we're recording this afternoon. I- I'm probably just going to wrap them up as one. I don't, you know, the paper's going to get ruined anyway, so why waste all of that paper? Think about the environment, kids. Think about the environment. Coming up in the last hour of the show, some dog owners have given up their pets because they say, quote, I didn't match the sofa. Or, he uh, wasn't as cute as when we first got him. That's my impression of thick people. We reveal some more of the bizarre reasons why people have dumped their pets. Using mobile phones while crossing roads should be stigmatised in the same way as drink driving to cut dangerous behaviour by pedestrians. When did you last see someone distracted by their mobile phone? And how worried are you about your kids or your grandkids using Facebook? 
the social network site, is to offer real money casino games under a deal announced yesterday. It's prompting fears it will create tomorrow's generation of problem gamblers today. Lots of ways to get in touch. Go to the Facebook page, look at my beard, tell me how wonderful I look, and argue with other listeners. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send a text. 81333, start your text 3CR, or give us a call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some dog owners have given up their pets for the most ridiculous reasons. Some of the excuses we found are, he wouldn't fit in my handbag or wear the outfit I bought him, or I need a smaller dog. Well, the animal welfare charity Dogs Trust said more than 16,000 dogs have been cared for at its 18 UK centres in the past 12 months. It's launched its festive campaign, Dog is for Life, not just for Christmas, to drive home the message that potential owners should carefully consider what is involved before getting a pet. BBC Three Counties reporter Victoria Cook has spent the morning at Appledown Rescue Centre in Edenbray. At the moment we've got around about 40, 45 dogs. Now, is this a busy time of year for you? This is one of our busiest. We have two real peaks um, just before the summer holidays and the Christmas throwout, as we like to call it, festively. (laughs) That's horrible. The Christmas throwout, people literally getting rid of their dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Every year, every rescue I know in the run-up to Christmas, we are inundated and turning dogs away. You have to turn dogs away. Yeah, we have six, seven phone calls a day minimum, um, and we can't help them. And what sort of things are people telling you why they're bringing their dogs to you? Um, Mostly, um, they will talk about their circumstances, although those are things that I consider a temporary problem. People are pregnant, um, you know, people have young children, people have a change of job, and they won't give the dog time to get settled into it. So nobody wants to put the time in to fix a problem or to help the dog through it. Um, But then also, actually, they just haven't trained their dog, and the dog has become a nuisance. And we have a huge number of phone calls because they haven't taught the dog any manners. And who have we got here with us? We have here Hurricane, who is a lurcher. He's a collie greyhound. He is beautiful. He's completely black, apart from a a bit of white on his chest. And you can just hear, listen to this. That's his tail. Oh, and he's put his paw up. Come sit. He is very well behaved. He is an absolute darling. He's a real... We're all lurcher lovers. We've grown to love them. They're such sweet temperaments. Why is he here? Why is Hurricane here? We homed Hurricane a couple of years ago, um, and we've spoken to the owner since um, on a regular basis, and everything has been wonderful, and we suddenly had a phone call to say that they couldn't possibly keep him. He was extremely destructive, and they were having a baby. In two and a half years, they've never mentioned him chewing anything, and they've certainly never asked for help. They just drove him over that day. Um, Now, I've had babies, I've had destructive dogs, I've kept the dogs, I've kept the babies. You know, (laughs) you find a way around it. And we say, and I go out regularly to people, we will help with everything. And I do that, you know, every week I'm out somewhere helping people with problems. So if someone wanted to come and rescue Hurricane... What would they have to do? We're open seven days a week between ten and four. Come down. We do get you to fill a form in to give us some details. Um, when we show you round, you can look at all the dogs, give any dog you like a walk. We help you through it. We advise. We don't home into families where the children are below the age of seven, unless it's a puppy, because we don't have the facility to find out what would happen if we threw a toddler into a kennel. We have to keep children safe. That's a bit risky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Um, But, you know, we are here to help and we will do everything we can to try and find the right match and then to be there for you 
while the dog settles in because it's a confusing time. That was our reporter, Victoria Cook, speaking to Julie Shelton, chair of Appledown Rescue in Eton Bray. Well, Laura Smith is the deputy dog section manager at the Wood Green Animals Charity, which is a centre at Hayden in Hertfordshire. Morning, Laura. Morning. What sort of animals are you taking? Um, we take in dogs, cats, um, field animals, so ponies, sheep, goats. We also take in small animals like rats. We've got quite a few dagos at the moment as well. Quite, sorry, quite a few what? Dagoos. What on earth is a dagoo? Uh, it's a, it's um, a reliable little rodent. Are, are you trying to... Is it, are you, have you just made an animal up to get <laughs> one over me? I've never heard of a dagoo. No, they're quite a new animal in domestic situations. Right. We've got quite a few at the moment. We're looking to rehome. Uh, uh, me is going, hmm, a dago. My wife would be terribly annoyed if I brought another animal home. That's not going to happen. And um, what kind of reasons are people giving for handing in their pets? Um, the main reasons we're seeing at the moment are sort of people um, having financial problems. Yeah. Um, they're having to move into rented accommodation, and it's quite hard to find a landlord or renting agency that will actually accept a pet into their properties. Mm. So you, do you say you've got some donkeys? Um, I don't know if we've got any donkeys at the moment. But people do bring them in from time to time. Um, every now and again we might get a donkey. It must be very emotional for some people, because I would be devastated if, for whatever reason, I had to get rid of my, my cat. So I, I'm, I'm guessing it can be quite an emotional time. It is very, very emotional. Um, a lot of us, we, we, the times are just so hard at the moment, and it's quite hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel because we just don't envisage it getting any better with sort of the economical situation at the moment. Uh, I'm just being shown a picture of a daegu. Sorry, I do apologise. <laughs> I was distracted slightly. I've never seen. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I, and you've got some. You got some, Are they easy to look after daegus? They're not the easiest oh. pets to look after. They're I'm quite out. sort of specialist. Right. I, in that case, I, to, to quote Duncan Bannatyne, a moot. <laughs> uh, do you get any of these ridiculous reasons where people say, "Oh, do you know what? It just doesn't match the sofa, or it, it, it got it got a little bit bigger than I thought it would." Every now and again, we will get sort of. Um, a, what you what you call a ridiculous reason but we're sort of very honest and um, non-judgmental charity so we will try and help everyone in every sort of different situation and what advice would you give to someone who is struggling to cope with a pet for whatever reason um we'd really encourage um these people to give us a call we're here to offer advice and support in all different situations i mean we even have a foster circle that will help people that need to go into hospital or are in domestic violence situations and if they need someone to look after their dog sort of while they go through that short period then we've got families that will foster dogs and take take care of them for them is uh, when i was when i was growing up there was i was always told that the busiest time for places like uh, like yours and and, and batsy and things like that was was kind of like the end of january when people have bought puppies and kittens for christmas and then by the new year they realize actually it's quite hard work having a young dog is, is that your busiest time um i wouldn't say january i'd probably say about may oh when the puff when the when the puppies reach adolescence right when uh, they reach adolescence and people realize they just actually then can't give them what they need because they start to sort of push the boundaries and things like that well they people are surprised that that small animals grow in, in, into big animals and then you have to feed them more and they become a bit more powerful yes people do get quite surprised by uh, this. Laura, uh, Laura, if people want to find out more about the, the, your charity well, have you got a website that they can go to yeah, if you um, go onto woodgreen.org.uk, you should be able to find our website. Brilliant. OK, well, listen, thank, thank you very much. Let's hope you don't have uh, too busy uh, Christmas or, or, or New Year. That's Laura Smith, Deputy Dog Section Manager at Woodgreen Animals Charity. And if you want to see the pictures that uh, um, Victoria Cook, our reporter, took at the Apple Down Rescue Centre, you can do. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. And also, if you follow us on Twitter, at BBC.
BBC Three CR. And I've heard of a new animal, a daegu. I was worried then. I don't know what she was banging on about. A daegu. Have you got one? Can you give us a call if you own a daegu? I've just seen a picture. It's like a weird, big-eared rat thing. What, what on earth is it? A daegu. Oh, wait, four, I'm going to say it again. Daegu. Sounds like a car. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Have you got one of these ridiculous made-up daegu animals? What on earth? Are they any good? Oh, Jade has uh, texted in. Ian, I have a dog, two hamsters, three giant rabbits. Have you ever seen a giant rabbit? They are massive. Go- Google giant rabbit. They're like the size of, um, well, not quite the size of a human, but they're, well, a small human. Yeah, the size of a small human. I wouldn't give them up for anyone. My dog, Nemo, is my best friend, and I prefer him to people. Yes, I do have a boyfriend, she says. I just love dogs. Dogs versus cats, dogs every time. Jade, you're wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Cats are so much better than dogs. You get so much from cats that you can't get from dogs. You've you're constantly got to look after dogs and feed them, and you have to bathe a dog. Imagine putting a dog in your bath and washing off all that gunk every time you took it out. Cats, they do it themselves. Yes, cats clean their own bottoms. But, but th- that's a small price to pay. A small price to pay for, the, for the, the, the affection. There's nothing better. Lying down on the sofa, watching Breaking Bad, which is my favourite programme at the moment, and having Velvet jump on me. And she does that clawing thing. That's annoying, because that actually hurts. But once she's settled down, little purr, little stroke in front of the TV. Who doesn't, who doesn't like having a little stroke in front of the TV? I love it. How much have you spent on me? Um, oh, I can't tell you. Have you really bought me a nice present? Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. In fact, I left the price on it just so you know how nice it was. Ooh, yeah, expensive. Yeah. Set to an expensive. <laughs> yes, you got me a nice present. I did get you a lovely present for your birthday. I didn't think that the... Oh, for my birthday. For the birthday. And I didn't think the reaction that it got was, was that good. But yes, I have got you... I've got you... Three presents. Three? Three presents. Oh, my word. I'm going to wrap them while you're on air. Right. Um, it's, it's nice to... I, I like wrapping while I'm listening to you. Okay. So, in my pants. Oh. So, I will be wrapping and listening. We're, we're recording... This is Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Hi. Hello. We're recording our Boxing Day festive face-off We today. are. Are you feeling festive? I'm feeling very Christmassy. Good. Very Christmassy. It looks like Christmas out there. We played some Christmas music today. Christmas presents. It's exciting. Isn't exciting. it? Yes, you love Christmas. I don't love you? Christmas. You don't, do you? No. Oh dear, bah humbug, <laughs> bah humbug. <laughs> uh, now we've got we've been given um, some little toys here. These, are, I believe, are going to be the buzzers we're using in the. Look at the get a close up of the contempt on his face. There, these are the buzzers we're going to be using as part of the quiz uh, in the, the festive face off. Uh, Jonathan, let's see yours. Okay, and this is mine. <laughs> No, oh god! This is going to be annoying. I can see. How could that ever be annoying? I, I can see this being fun for the first five minutes. The thing is, my buzzer. You know, just—it's oh, uh, for goodness' uh, sakes! That's it. Yeah, you're Whereas in. Yours goes on and on. Let's be honest. There is. A <laughs> Let's. <laughs> 
It was getting annoying. Let's be honest, there isn't going to be much material. This show is going to be material light. So anything we can do to pad it out. Right. Including having a, 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 long, a long donger, then that's going to be going to be useful. Right, OK. Well, it's... Uh, so we're, we're recording it, and it's going out Boxing Day morning. 7 till 9am! 7 till 9. I'm going to make the family listen, and make sure you make your family listen. And, yes. <laughs> what, are you talking to your listeners, then? Yes, I was talking to oh, the listeners. Right, I, turned yeah. a, I turned away from... Yes, do listen on Boxing Day. Is anyone even up at that time? On Boxing Day, no. Yes. Not oh, really. Not 7 really. till 9. I will be with the kids. Right. But I, I probably, it's probably going to be too rude for them to listen, so... You can have us on in the background... Imagine, imagine if I did insist that my family listened to me on boxing. No, I'm on the radio, guys. Turn it off. Turn it on. Let's have it. Uh, couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. What's strange about that? <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up? You're doing a radio show this morning, I believe. I, I'm going to try from okay. nine. Oh, what's yes. happening on it? Uh, coming up on the big phone this morning. Do we over-exaggerate the dangers of gambling? I know you were mentioning this story earlier. Facebook has been criticised for plans to introduce real money casino games. Critics say the social media site will be responsible for creating tomorrow's generation of problem gamblers. Facebook has signed a deal with gambling group 888, and both organisations say they have safeguards to prevent minors from accessing the games gamblers will be able to place bets of up to 500 pounds for most people <sighs> hot chihuahuas uh it would just be a bit of fun though they say a little bit of fun 500 quid down the drain bit of fun is gambling just a bit of fun do we over exaggerate the dangers of gambling i wonder i buy a lottery ticket every week do, why are you looking at me like that? You, you really, there is, deep inside you, not that deep even, a common person desperately trying to get out. It's, a, it's an idiot's tax, the lottery. The lottery? Yeah. I win the odd tenner. Um, and one day I'm going to win the million. Oh, right, in that case, if you know you're going to win it, then that's fine, carry on. Yes. I am going to win it one day. But the thing is, if you don't buy a lottery ticket, then you, you're definitely not going to win it. Yeah. I stand more of a chance of winning it than you. Not by much. Well, okay, not by much, but I might do. Right. But sometimes, you see, what I do is I buy my lottery tickets online, and uh, I, I'll add like ten pounds. Oh my word! You look at me with disgust. I'm just saying, you buy your lottery tickets. How many tickets do you buy a week? Well, what I do is I uh, I, I like add ten pounds to my account, and then I'll buy, buy eight weeks worth of lottery tickets. One a week. One right. a week. See yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I've always got two pounds left over, so I think, oh, I'll have a scratch card. <laughs> The lottery was invented for people like you. Yeah, but the trouble is, I can see how... Thankfully, I managed to control myself. You know, Obviously, I'll, yes. I'll stop myself at the £2 yes. and say, come on, Jonathan, you've had quite enough fun for today. <laughs> but I can see how addictive it can be, because yeah. sometimes... The other day, I bought one of these £2 scratch cards, right. and I won 40 quid. I thought, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a winning streak. Yeah, uh, uh, you wait, I'm going to win thousands now. Yeah. I spent it all within about 20 minutes. On what? The whole lot. More what? scratch cards. You bought £40 worth of scratch cards. Uh, one, yeah, yeah. I actually find that offensive. Do you? I do find that offensive. I got carried away. And I can see, actually, how very seriously gambling can. If you have got that kind of personality, yep. how it can run away with you. And before you know it, you've spent money that you didn't have. Yep, yep. Uh, from nine this morning, I want to hear your views on this. Do we over-exaggerate the dangers of gambling? Perhaps you do think it's just a bit of fun, and it's only a few people who can't control themselves. Or perhaps you have been caught up in it yourself. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We'll discuss it from nine. Does your cat sleep on your bed? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, it's all isn't squashed it? up next to me. Oh, it's lovely. It's yeah. all nice. I love it. And would you agree with me that people who own dogs are stupid? No. Why? People who own dogs are stupid. Correct, yes. No, I Why? like dogs. I'd like to have a dog. Sorry? 
I'd like to have a dog. One day, if I can have a dog, oh, I'll bring it into work with me every I day. I bet you're gonna get a pit bull. No, I would and not. Ca- and call it, and call it Winston. No, I'd like a nice, uh, I think perhaps a black Labrador. Oh. And I'd have him sitting here next no, to me while... No. What? We don't, we, no, one thing I've learned from, from working in commercial radio, never let a presenter bring a dog into the studio. It will stink of your dog. Really? Yeah, and they'll do wee-wees in the... Oh, it's done, oh, it's done a wee-wee! It's, there's nothing cute about urine. My dog won't do a wee-wee. Really? I'll put him in a nappy. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. People do that, don't they? The people do put their, their pets in nappies. Oh, that blooming thing's still going on. Can we get rid of that, for goodness sakes? Uh, we've been talking about standing in football stadiums. Th- th- there is pressure uh, mounting on the government to, to at least to trial run it. It could happen uh, at Watford at some point. Glenn is from Letchworth. Morning, Glenn. Good morning. What do you think about this idea of, of, of possibly reintroducing standing in, in football grounds? Good idea or bad idea? I believe it's actually a good idea. Um, I'm actually a Liverpool fan, um, so I know all about the Hillsborough disaster. Yep. Um, but I also follow Stevenage as well, and I regularly attend Stevenage. I will be there on Saturday when they play Craw- Crawley. Um, some of the stands at Stevenage are actually standing only, um, but they do have barriers on the terraces that actually stop... Um, the crushing effect, and so, and I regularly take my young children there, and I have absolutely no qualms whatsoever about standing in the standing areas. Do you think, though, Glenn, that it's just uh, 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 an attempt by football grounds to get more people in and make more money, or, or, or is it actually part of the atmosphere? I believe it's part of the atmosphere, because if you watch TV and you see people who are sitting down, when there's ever a goal or whenever there's any action, everyone stands up anyway, Mm. because then people behind them have to stand up because they can't see. But there is some areas where you do need seating areas for safety. I do believe family enclosures should have a seating area. Glenn, listen, thank you for that. I'll speak to Ian in Luton. Morning, Ian. Morning. You go and watch uh, football matches in Germany where they, they do have standing. Yeah, if, if, if uh, anyone wants to see what the effect of uh, people standing up at a football ground is, they need to go to Dortmund, uh, the, the, the home end, and, the, and I am not making this up. You can put it into the web and, and find the details for yourself. Between twenty five and 30,000 people standing at one end, they call it the yellow wall, and when Dortmund scores... That it just—it's an absolutely amazing sight to see. So, why is that a problem to them? No, is it a problem here in England? No, because we don't manage football matches the way they do in Germany. Mm. It is—it is the most amazing sight in the world. And you—and you mentioned a good point there about finance. Um, if, if I don't go to Dortmund, I go to Schalke. Now, the owners of Schalke—that their football ground is in a very deprived part of Germany. So what they do is they keep the price affordable and they have 85000 at every home game. And the reason for that is because they keep the ticket price low that people can afford. Again, they don't have trouble. And you, I, and I, you, I, will, I will throw one other thing into it. I'm not, I'm not suggesting for one moment that the authorities do that here in England. But do you know you can drink in German football grounds? Oh, we couldn't, re- we couldn't bring that back, could we, Ian? Oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is... You have people standing and people drinking, yeah. but they don't have any problems. And it, it reminds me, because I football, and the only way to watch football 
is to stand. If you want to sit, by all means, please sit. But there are a huge amount of English football fans that would love to stand but can't because we're told that it's not safe and it's not in our interest. Ian, why, why are you going to Germany to watch so many football matches? Because, believe it or believe it not, it is cheaper to fly from England and go to watch Bundesliga football than it is to get a ticket for Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United. You work that one out. Is it re- well, listen, I've got no idea. How much is it... Right, imagine Arsenal are playing Manchester United. How much is that ticket going to cost me? I've got no idea. Probably, what, 40, 50, 60 pounds, maybe even more. How is it cheaper to fly to Germany, then? Because if you book your tickets in advance, I can fly to Dortmund and back for 25 pounds, and the ticket's going to cost me maybe 10 euros. Isn't uh, that I, incredible? I, I stay with a friend, so I haven't got a hotel expense, yeah. but... Uh, that's another issue, but... Ian, your, your line's breaking up. We'll let you go. Isn't that incredible? I'm tempted to fly to Germany to go and see a football match. You, you can do it for a 25-quid flight, 10 euros, what's that, 7 quid, 32 quid. I'm, that kind of, it sounds ridiculously cheap. I'll have some of that. What do you think? Two people there arguing, quite passionately, that yes, we should have standing in football grounds in the UK. It, it, it would make sense. It would bring back some of the atmosphere. It would allow uh, the clubs to make a bit more money. They can bring the price down to make it more affordable. Or do you think, in the, 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 the wake of Hillsborough, that actually it's a terrible idea and we shouldn't even be considering it? The debate over cats and dogs. Cats v dogs. Who is the best? Obviously it's cats. Cats give you so much... And yet they have that air of independence and authority, whereas dogs are so needy. And dogs are like that, that kid at school that no one likes, but they're so keen to be liked. Like me, please. I say if you own a dog, there's something wrong with you. 08459 455555. Call 08459 455555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. <clears throat> Lots coming up in the last hour of the show before... Jo- last half an hour of the show. Don't, don't extend it by another 30 minutes for, for the sake of all of us, please. Uh, including... Um, people use their mobile phones, texting and on the phone when they're crossing the road. Oh, man, don't you hate them? What can we do to stop that? Loads of stuff. The, the, the main thrust of the day, though, has been cats versus dogs. It started off... There is a serious issue to this. People, Lots of people getting rid of their pets for, for ridiculous reasons, and we've, we've been highlighting that. It's then just melted into the violent thuggery of cats versus dogs. I, I genuinely think if you have a dog, there is something missing from your life. You're trying to... You, maybe it's you haven't got enough friends. Maybe your relationship with your partner isn't quite working out but you need to get a dog to fill that whereas cats cats are cool independent yeah yeah i might be back later on tonight i might be out for a couple of days just hanging out with some other cats oh eight four five nine four double five five double five well uh, i don't know if anybody here watches the television but if you do you'll have seen this next caller it's matt Allwright from the rogue traders et al good morning matt good morning ian i'm i'm serious well i'm, I'm a bit with you what? and your comments about dogs wow they're irresponsible and you're, you're, you're starting something here that I don't think you know how to finish. Are you... <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to appear on one of your shows, am I? Is this, is this, uh, is this how you start, by making threatening will, phone calls? I will chase you down the street with my dog no. and prove to you that, in fact, dogs are superior. And this is why I can speak with complete authority. It's because I've had cats. I like cats. I love cats. 
they are great, but they don't match up to dogs. They just don't. Tell me, tell me why dogs are so much better. Let's hear the reasons. It, they're signifiers of your attitude to life. Okay, you'll be familiar with Rudyard Kipling and, you know, the cat who walks by himself and all places are alike to him, okay? That's what a cat is. He's got his own, he, he, he plays to his own tune. But that, it, it means, well, you wouldn't want to go into railing with a cat. If all places are alike to him, what's the joy in taking that as your life companion with you? Yeah. You want someone who looks at you every morning and says, okay, boss, what are we going to do now? And that's a dog. And I've had both, and we've got a dog now, and it's the best thing we've but, ever but, done. But I'm, I'm, and I'm tempted to unfollow you on Twitter, because all you do is bang on about your stupid dog. Dogs, <laughs> dogs go, oh, look, there's a tree. Oh, look, there's another tree. Oh, the look, there's joy. a tree. Cats go, oh, there's a tree. Yeah, I've seen joy, a tree. The joy and wonder of a child. That's what it has. And, and that's what we spend our lives trying to recapture, is that joy and wonder. Whereas cats, it's all a bit, yeah, you know, too cool for school. Matt, listen, I, 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 can, I can tell you why, why cats are much better than dogs, because I have, I've, I've had my cat for 12 years. Yes. I've never had to watch it crouch whilst holding a plastic bag over my hand, <laughs> knowing I was going to have to pick up that doo-doo. Listen, life is about the connections that we make with each other. I don't want to connect with a doggy's doo-doo. We have to trust each other. We have to look after each other. And, and dogs give you that lesson. Whereas cats, basically, if you died, they'd eat you. Yeah, I know. That's, that's and I respect, I respect them for that. <laughs> really? I respect... Well, that's, that's me unfollowing you, then. Because <laughs> if that's the kind of friend you're going to be... You'll go, oh, I like Matt, but oh, I'll tell you what, he's tasty. Matt, I, don't, I don't want that in my life. Matt, if you ever chase me down the street <laughs> with a dog, I would have to pour a bottle of wee-wee on your head. <laughs> well, then you'd just be one in a long list of people. <laughs> you wouldn't be a pioneer. You wouldn't be, uh, you wouldn't be gr- breaking any new ground there, Ian. I, don't, I, I never have done. When you, go out, when you do go and, and knock on people's doors for, for selling bad cars or being naughty to old people, <laughs> yeah, do, do you ever yeah. get hassled by dogs? Do, do they ever have pets that kind of go for you? Uh, dogs and me, uh, we've always got on very well. And I remember there was uh, a, a double glazing uh, magnate whose uh, gate I, I managed to work my way through to go and knock on his door. And this huge German shepherd came woofing at me at high speed. And there's nothing you can do. You just have to try and make friends with it. And that's so I sort of came down to its level, held, held my hand out and did that thing. And do you know what? We got on just great. You did the Crocodile Dundee thing and it worked. Yeah, if it had been a tiger, I think I'd, you know, the cat thing, if it had been a tiger, I wouldn't have stood a chance. That's the Matt, it's lovely to talk to you. Um, I, I really don't think we should talk again, though. It appears we're completely <laughs> incompatible. Yes, this is the end. Thank you very friend. much. Bye-bye. Bye. He's, he's quoting the doors at me now. It really is time to say goodbye to Matt Allrose. He's good. He should be on the telly. You're right. Yes, he should do. 08459 455 555. I have a name and a location on my screen. I know not what they want to talk about. Lynn in Hazelmere. Hello. I think you're talking rubbish, Ian, this morning. I beg your pudding. Well, how many how many hearing cats do you have, or how many cats for the blind, or how many sniffer cats? Because cats are too sensible to want to no, help they're people. Not. They poo in other people's gardens. Yeah, That's why you don't have to pick the poo up. They poo in other people's gardens, correct. 
Yeah, but that's disgusting. That shows intelligence. Listen, a cat, you could, of course you could train a cat to, to no, be... No, you can't. How many cats do you know that you could train to do absolutely anything apart from poo in other people's no, gardens? And, yeah. Well, well, I, I, no, I heard what he said. He didn't say... <laughs> whoever that is, he to keep his potty mouth shut, for goodness sake. Lynn, Lynn, I don't know who that gentleman was, but I'm guessing you're both dog owners, and that's... But, you're but the actually kind of... we've had cats, so that's you not... You are the kind of... Uh, people that would own dogs you put kind of people that think it's appropriate to make comments about genitals on breakfast yeah, radio well, that wasn't me that was my husband and i'm, I'm sorry for him <laughs> <laughs> apology is accepted but okay lynn stay there listen because mary yes you prefer cats don't you no certainly not oh, f- and i think you're completely ignorant about cats go on tell me why well, for a start, my son, you say they don't have to be washed like dogs. I don't think that many people really wash their dogs. Exactly, and their dogs stink. No, they don't. They I do. don't wash my dog, and my dog doesn't <sighs> stink at all. If the bet, bedding's kept clean. I bet he my does stink, Mary. Has, you don't. Now, I wait bet you're, a minute. Wait yes. a minute. Let me speak. Here we go. Pushy dog owners. My son had two Persian cats. Had to be washed every week, otherwise the fur gets uh, matted, brushed. Talcum powder on them. Oh, that's Persians. They don't count as cats. Oh, I bet your house stinks of dog and you don't notice it because you've lived there so long. People come in and go, oh, stinky no, Mary. I'm sorry. People don't e- aren't even aware. My car, where my dog goes with me all the time, as long as the bedding's kept clean, that's fine. There's nothing nicer, I should think, to come out of your house in the morning and smell where a cat has sprayed up your back door or somewhere. Have you had a cat that's spray lovely. on your back door, Mary? Pardon? Have you had a- when was the last time you had a cat spraying up your back door? Uh, about a month ago. Oh, it was delightful. It was like going and smelling foxes. Really lovely. Lynn, I bet your house stinks a dog, and you just don't know oh, it. Pe- excuse me, my dogs get bathed very regularly, oh. and they don't smell, okay. and they're good company, they're fun. Um, so, you know, cats are fun as well, but I think out of the two, I would prefer to live with a, a dog than a cat. Lynn, Lynn, do you think the Mary's... Loyal. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Lynn, do you think oh, the Mary's, Mary's dog is a bit stinky? Well, I wouldn't know that because I don't know Mary, so I can't say. But my dogs definitely are not stinky. Mary, you've got a stinky dog. No, I haven't. My yep. dog doesn't smell at all, stinky. even if you smell close to her fur. He's, he's stinky. No, not your cat stinky, because you never wash your, it. Your dog is stinkier than my cat. Your cat, that cat stinks because it's never been bathed, or it's never... I, oh, I can't be bothered with this conversation. I've just... I have had cats, and they're not the same as dogs. I'm sorry, I'm, I've just went <laughs> over to dogs. Across <laughs> beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> there was no way out of that conversation, really, so I bailed. I bailed from the conversation. That was excellent. Thank you very much, Mary, and thank you, Lynn. You're both good sports, but you both have very, very stinky dogs. Totally have stinky dogs. Now, 08459 555555 is the telephone number if uh, you want to give us a call. I'm just having a little look to see where we're going now. Ah, the mobile phone thing. Oh, I can't see this in my... There it is. I do apologise. Look, I'm all over the place. All over the place. Using mobile phones... My fault, don't worry. Using mobile phones while crossing the road should be stigmatised in the same way as drink driving to cut dangerous behaviour by pedestrians. That's according to a report out today. Almost a third of pedestrians are distracted, including uh, by... Uh, mobile phones or other electronic devices when they cross roads, putting them at a greater potential risk of being involved in an accident. This is according to research. Well, BBC Three Counties reporter Victoria Cook has been out in Dunstable asking, when did you last see someone distracted by their mobile phone? I see a lot of people driving along on their mobile phone. 
and I know if you're driving along or whatever, it distracts you. If you think, oh, I've got to turn right or whatever, and you're on a mobile phone, you forget to turn right. Now, you've got a shop here in Dunstable High Street. You must see people walking up and down the high street all day long on their mobile phones. Everybody's got a phone. Even kids that come out of school have got phones. Everybody. Will you serve someone if they're on their mobile phone? No. No. I won't. I think it's rude. Have you ever had to deal with a customer that was on their mobile phone? Yeah, but then I ignore them. Wait till they're finished. When have you seen someone distracted by a mobile phone? Today. What happened? They walked into the post out the back. No. Yeah, yeah. What happened? It's just someone was just walking along on their phone, not paying attention, just clattered into the post out the back. <laughs> Were you watching from your bedroom window or something? Yeah, I was watching from the kitchen window this morning. <laughs> oh, no. Did they, um, did they look up and see you? Did they realise they'd been spotted? No, no they sort of looked around and uh, had a little embarrassed moment and carried on walking. Has it ever happened to you? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Not that you want to admit. No, no. When was the last time that you saw someone distracted by a mobile phone? Oh, God, I can't remember. But they do annoy me. You know, you got, I had some friends, we'd go out for dinner. They were a lot younger than me. And they're always on their goddamn phones. At the dinner table? At the dinner table, yes. Did you say anything? No, no. I'm far too polite, darling, far too polite. Well, the, the, the mobile phone is banned at the dinner table. You never have a mobile phone at the dinner table. That's just ridiculous behaviour. And I, if anyone did that, I would, I would walk out of somebody's house immediately. We make a big point of that at our house. All phones off at the dinner table, please. None of that nonsense. Time and place. I'm desperately trying to cut down on my mobile phone use. I use it too much. On it all the time. And I'm really trying to cut down. And I'm trying, not particularly succeeding, I'm trying to turn it off when I'm at home. Especially when I'm with the kids. I want to spend more quality time with them. Uh, but it's not always easy. It's particularly with this kind of job, when you get emails about the show, or you might get a phone call from your agent saying, hey, yeah, we've got you, you, you're back. TV's called. They haven't. But you never know. They might do. Oh, wait, 459-455-555. When were you last distracted by, uh, or saw someone being distracted by their mobile phone? But th- th- to be honest, the last 15 minutes of the show, can we settle this argument once and for all? I need some cat people to phone up and back me up. The thing is, dog owners, very aggressive. They're, they're like dogs. They're feisty, pushy, obnoxious. Cat owners, we just like, you know, we take it as it comes. We take it as it comes. We're not too fussed about anything. But please, cat owners, be fussed about this. Phone up and defend me. 08459 455 555. By the way, Matt Allwright from the Road Traders is banned from this show. I will not have that kind of behaviour on this show at all. Jonathan <laughs> Vernon Smith. Back tomorrow morning from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's always a cracking listen, uh, and this morning he's asking, uh, do we over-exaggerate the dangers of gambling? You, know, you listen at nine o'clock and you will find out more. If you want to start getting in touch with him, uh, you can send him a cheeky little email. Show at bbc.co.uk. Now, we've been, uh, there's a report out that says that uh, the people who use their mobile phone whilst crossing the road should be stigmatised as much as drunk drivers are. It is annoying, isn't it? You just see people wander out without looking. The thing that gets me, and I just see it so many times, is people hunched over their phones as they're walking down the street. Like, um, I don't know, they're texting, or they're Facebooking, or they're tweeting, or they're playing Pac-Man, whatever it is. I don't know what they're doing. But they don't, I have to move out of the way. It annoys me so much. Johnny Milton Keynes, have you noticed this? Uh, morning, Ian. Morning. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes travel into London, I'll see it everywhere, and uh, sometimes out of a girlfriend, um, it's my biggest pet hate. You see him hunched over the phone, shuffling along, tapping away at their phone, and in one incident, I remember with my girlfriend, she thought I was causing trouble when I said to her, like, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a little pocket map out of my pocket, pretend to be lost, and I'm just going to stand there in their path, right, and I'm going to look at the map, and they're going to bump into me. Right? Just do it. Do it here. Just just do that. Or pretend to look in your bag to look for something. Just just stand there and don't move. And watch them bump into you. And, and how many people bumped into you, John? About two or three. Two yeah. or three in the space of a minute. And what did... The, did they apologise to you? Or did you have to do, do that thing where you went, oh, no, I'm sorry? I, I got the dirty look. I got the dirty, filthy look as to yeah. sort of say, what are you doing in my way? You get that sort of look. But, you know, you've got to, you've got to try it in. You've got to teach these people a lesson. John, can I ask? You, you're with your girlfriend, he said. Yeah. And she got she got a bit annoyed with you? She kind of thought I was a troublemaker. I said, look, you have to teach these people a lesson. This is the sort of thing... John, this is the sort of thing that I would do, and the sort of thing my wife would say, do you know what, I'll meet you in half an hour, I'm off. I'm not, I'm not sticking around for this nonsense. But you're but right! I would just love to stand there on the street for half an hour just looking at the map room and count how many people would bump into me. Have you been with your girlfriend long? Oh, a couple of years now. I, it... think she's, I, I think she's slowly getting fed up a bit now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, John, if she, it, uh, let's hope that she doesn't dump you. If she does, give me a call. You and me, we should hang out, because we could have a lot of fun, I think. I think, we sh- I think what we can do, uh, Ian, is actually uh, go out uh, sort of like just uh, m- maybe a, a, a boys' night out. Maybe, maybe me, you, JDS, and all the best of them, and just do that. Stand on the street with our maps and just, just watch people bump into us. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> I can see Jonathan's face lighting up with glee in the other studio. He's giving me the thumbs up. Oh, no, that's not a thumb. I, I think he's out. But, uh, John, I'm, I'm in. I'm definitely in. Bit busy for the next six months, but maybe we'll sort something out after that. <laughs> but it is, that is the kind of thing that I would do, and my wife would go, I'm not sticking around for this, I'm off. I'll, I'll meet you in half an hour, and we'll go and have, I'll be having a coffee. Goodbye. Uh, thank you, John. <laughs> I think it is blokes that like doing projects like that as well. Um, cats versus dogs. Cats versus dogs. Who's gonna win? June, by the way, at the end of the... <laughs> no, I made up a little song. Uh, there, there are more verses to it than that. I won't bore you with them now. Uh, June is in Newton-Longville. Please, June, tell me you're a cat person. I certainly am. Thank goodness for that. Those n- annoying dog owners were, were, were taking over the show. Oof. I'll tell you, you, you know, if you vacuum in somebody, somebody's house that's got a dog, it, yeah. it does stink, the carpet stinks. But can I just say that I was having a bit of a giggle on the listening to you this morning. Oh, that's that's oh. not really allowed, June. Why? What was happening? It's quite funny. Well, I wondered how long it would take before somebody phoned in and said, "Oh, cat's pooing in your garden." Blah 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 blah. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But why I phoned in, I've um, I was going to say I'm not mad actually, but I am a bit. Oh. I've trained my cats to come in when I ring a bell. Oh, here we go. Oh, but June, June, you can't train cats. You can't train cats, June. I started it when they were about seven weeks old. I got them when they were seven weeks old, and every time I put a bowl of food down, I rang a little glass bell. Yeah. Um, And now, if they're outside in the garden, they don't always associate it with food. They just associate it with coming in. Fantastic, you see. If I ring the bell, they come in. 
You're our very own Pavlov, June. You've, you have trained cats to Come salivate at bells. Come round and I'll show you. Honestly, I'm not kidding. You're all being very social this morning, wanting to hang out with me. It's, it's unlikely to happen, <laughs> but, I, but I, I can pretend it will. Yes, well, OK. I haven't got many friends, you see. I'm oh. desperate. Oh, <laughs> hang on a second. No, you've, 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 you've given that's with right. one hand. No, you've, that's, yeah, that's the point. You've take, well, hang on a second, June. Stay there. Re. Hello. June hasn't got many, fr- many friends. I'm June's friend. I know June. Oh, yes, it's Re. Hello, June. Well, look at the the other chance that June has got hardly any friends. The only person who knows her is the other caller on the other line. <laughs> uh, do you know, Reeve trained her husband to come in when she rings the bell. <laughs> I've, I've met Reeve and her husband. I wouldn't want him to come in, blimey. I'd, I'd chuck that bell out the window. <laughs> Reeve, are you, you're, are you a cat or a dog person? Cat, yeah. Tell, tell those losers that own dogs why cats are so much better. Because, well, just listen, hang on, Tommy. There. There you go, right. you see. It sounded like a baby, didn't, didn't it? Didn't it just? Yeah, no, it's because he needs his milk. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You're not supposed to... Here's something, you're not supposed to give cats milk. No, I know. Oh, no. But he loves yeah. it. I have got a dog. I was a little bit concerned because you were saying that owners are like their dogs. Well, my dog's really sick. He doesn't know what day of the week it is. He stinks. So, uh, that tallies, that tallies. That sounds a bit like Paul, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm ringing me bell. <laughs> right, so, June Ree, stay there. June, you probably know this next caller as well. Sharon, do you know June in Newton Longville? I don't, I'm afraid, no. Would you like to? Has she got cats? She, she has, but she's a little bit desperate. <laughs> Why is she desperate? Because she's not got many friends. Ah. Oh. Okay. Well, cats are good friends. There you go. Well, well, well dodged there, Sharon. <laughs> Excellent dodging. Are you a cat fan, Sharon? I am a 100% cat this is, fan. This I've got, is it. I've got four cats. Well, uh, mm. Oh. Sorry? Who was that? It was me. Why, June? What's wrong? Oh, I love, you know, I love cats. Absolutely. I, actually, I foster for the RSPCA as well. Are you foster cats? Mm. I'm talking to Sharon now. Oh, sorry. That's, no, that's all right, but just, you, right, we... sh- Shall I pass off, then? No, you stay there, because... I'll go off and ring the bell. No, Shut don't... Shut up, June! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen to Ree, June. I couldn't say it myself. Ree, say it again. Shut up, June! All right, sorry. Right. So, Sharon, what... Oh yeah. Why do you love... We're setting the mood and the tone nicely for Jonathan's show at nine o'clock, when, when the, the, you know, the standard kind of slips slightly. Why do you like cats so much, Sharon? Because they're brilliant company, their personalities are fantastic. Um, like you said, when they cuddle, cuddle up to you on uh, an evening, it's brilliant. They're, they're just such great company. You don't have to take them out for walks at five o'clock in the morning, pick up poo in a bag. Uh, and also, those, those, Sharon, those dog owners, they say, yeah, oh, no, my house doesn't stink. It does. They're just used to the smell. When you walk into a dog owner's house, you can smell it's a dog owner's house, can't you? Mm, yeah, I have to be honest. Yeah, you can. June, would you ever would you ever get rid of your cats? No, never, never. For, for a million pounds? No. I'd get rid of mine for a million. <laughs> I would. No, listen, I, I know so I was saying she's part of my family and she's <laughs> as important as my boys. For a million pounds, I think I might. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't need... What would I do with a million pounds? I wouldn't live long enough to spend it. Buy some, oh. You could buy another cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I could buy some friends. You could buy some friends. Ree, would you get rid of your cats? No. No? Sharon? No. There we go. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Sharon, Ree, and June. I think we've... I think the con- the conclusion there is that cats are better. I think that's what we've proved at the end of the show, haven't we? I think we have. I should do one of these. Uh, oh, dearie me. I've got, I'm just going to do a little read about um, Nick Coffer's show. I wish I hadn't picked up this bit of paper now. Oh, dear. If you've got young ears, cover them up. 
This this afternoon, Nick Coffer, Thursday, yesterday, between 12 and 3, <clears throat> to raise money for their club, a group of dads from the Burke Hampstead Raiders have made a naked calendar. Mm. Nick speaks to them from 12 o'clock. Oh, That's the kind of filth that happens on in the daytime, is it? Vet Amy Marrett answers questions on poorly pets. And Justin Byworth from Milton Keynes charity World Vision tells Nick about his latest trip to the Lebanon. That's Nick Coffer. Today, between 12 and 3. It's always a cracking listen. Thank God it's radio and not television. Why do people insist on getting their, their bits out to, uh, to raise money for charity? Well, Jonathan Smith, uh, Jonathan Vernon Smith and myself are recording our Boxing Day special today. The festive face-off. It's going to be broadcast between 7 and 9 on Boxing Day. I'll let you know tomorrow if it's worth listening to. Uh, OK? Uh, and, and while he was in here trailing his show and talking about that, we, we filmed a little bit as well so if you want to go and have a look at that go to the facebook page i can't stress this enough the facebook page it's a cracking place to go and have an argument with the other listeners play nice don't don't get personal but go and have a barney with them and also, we do, from time to time, put up uh, pictures and videos and bits and pieces. And uh, a, a video of Jonathan Vernon-Smith in here, um, b- b- trailing his show, will be up there. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can also go there and send us messages. There's a little message button. And if you've got any ideas for things that we've not covered on The Breakfast Show that we should be doing on this show, send us a little message. We'll have a look. And if it's any good, we'll get back in touch and follow it up. Well, thank you, everyone, who took part today. It's been feisty, and I like it when it's feisty. That's what you want on a Thursday. A little bit of feist, don't you? Boring when it's all everyone's agreeing with each other. But I think we can agree now, once and for all, cats is better than dogs. Thank you for listening. Back tomorrow at six. Jonathan is up next. Ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian.